Hello, and welcome to episode 156 of the Gaming Fix podcast on January 22nd, 2021. I am your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your partner's favorite sea shanty. Oh, better. I am joined today by Pat. I wish I knew more sea shanties because I played Assassin's Creed 4, and I like sea shanties, but... Uh, I don't think that my partner likes sea shanties. So her favorite sea shanty is when I don't sing them. Totally fair. Even though they're very good. And also joining us this week, Alex. I have yet to encounter any of these sea shanties in the wild. Oh, man. It's so good. I'm not on TikTok, and I live in Japan, so like... I don't really use TikTok much, but I, I... you see the talks. Yeah, and I I see them on Twitter and then I Yeah. Then I put that YouTube compilation of them on loop uh cuz it's real good. Mm-hmm. We have at, at my uh job we uh before COVID um we had a, a record a stereo setup with a record player um that was really good cuz it was like those old ass speakers that are like three feet three or four three to four feet tall that um are just like big stacked speakers and sound really good and we had a album of sea shanties from the 70s that would get played whenever anyone came in with a hangover um (laughs) just to sort of torment you a little bit more Mm -hmm. and drive home the mistake that you made by getting drunk on a work night (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. but those sea shanties are horrible (laughs) the album is like punishment Whereas the t- the current run of TikTok she shanties is uh, much more pleasant to listen to, authentic sounding. Get some scurvy in there. No, I think that the album we had that's horrible is more authentic sounding. Okay, <laughs> the, that that had scurvy on the record. Yeah, the current the current run of sea shanties is much more like what if people who don't live on ships and have pleasant voices <laughs> sang these songs. Mm, not enough salt in their lungs. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's more well, asbestos. Well, no, speaking of salt in the lungs and asbestos, those are things that could kill you. Mm-hmm. Much like uh-huh. the game that we all played this week. Hitman it could 3. kill you? Salt in your lung? Uh, I mean, no, uh, Hitman Agent 47. I mean, hey. I'm. You could you, die going trying to go through the save transfer process oh my because God. it's so frustrating like, and takes so long. Or the disc. The disc could, uh, like, you break it and like, get, like, cut your throat or something. It's sharp. Like, I don't, in your eye, I don't have a, your brain. I don't, I don't have a physical copy of Hitman 3 on the PC. I don't believe those are being offered. <laughs> I Look, wonder I'm, if they, what, could they? Offer a physical? They could. I don't think that they are. There there has to be a physical copy for not a PC. Oh, PS4. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. PC version. Yeah, yeah, consoles. Yeah, sure. Uh, Although I don't know, maybe there is. I don't know. I don't think they put out a physical copy of Hitman Two when it launched. It's uh, Hitman Three is only available. Like they're doing. Like I thought there was only through like limited run games. I thought maybe. Yeah, that make that would make sense. There's honestly, honestly, a lot of physical copies don't, it's like Ubisoft puts them out. First party games usually come out physical Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. EA games come out physically. 
but uh-huh. there's a lot of stuff like there's a lot of Japanese games that make it over that are full price that don't come out physically or they have a very limited release through a company like limited run. Um, it's, or maybe it's, it's you only get like there's like a passport thing that you only get if you order through limited run games. Maybe. Okay. Or like or I'm, other uh, retailers I'm, in different parts of the world. I'm looking at EB games and they have physical copies of Hitman okay. 3 for PS4. Okay. Uh, PS5 and hit my Xbox Series X. Mm, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, okay. It's just the 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 passport thing is only through limited. Got it. Games. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Is it a real passport? So yes, it's you, you it's a passport with like a bunch of like Hitman history in it and like locations uh, and lore. Yeah, but yeah, you could potentially break that disc and murder yourself. You could Hitman Three in stores yeah, now. Accident kill, silent assassin. <laughs> Dog, that import process is broken. It's really bad. It's we can get the negative terrible. out of the way up front, which is yeah. that. Okay, game... well, no, well, let's let's get the good out of the way first. It's a good game. Let's get well, the bad out of the way now. <laughs> well, yeah, um, there's more game. to say about it being good. Yes, than there is but to I do think bad, like the, the the launch and the general like setup process. If you want to transfer stuff from like your progression history from previous like hitman 2 it's not great no i almost i almost think what they should have done is just said look hitman 3 is out it's an epic exclusive you can buy it on epic and buy the access passes or you can wait for the steam release and get your access stuff like you did with hitman 1 in the steam release and fuck you sorry but we are taking the cash uh (laughs) I think that they almost just should have done that and not even fucked with a save transfer well, at all. But they haven't. They haven't even like like they know you have the mastery stuff at least with the PC version because like you could say, oh well, if it's like the console version, you could have rented it and like it. But like the fact they know you own the game, your account is linked, like your Steam account and your Epic account are linked to this account, like the IO account. And they can't just go, okay, yeah, you own it. Here you go. Take yeah, the- I mean, the only thing I can think is that their infrastructure that is part of this issue, which we haven't said, I don't think, is they initially said you would be able to, quote, import locations yeah. from Hitman 2, which I don't think I'm an idiot. To me, that read as if you own Hitman 2, you can play the levels in Hitman 3 on Epic. Well, that's what they did uh, before. With, and that is what they did the, before. the same, you know, same platform, and same store. Then instead, right before launch, they were like, you will have to buy it again. Like mm-hmm. five days before launch. And then like three days before launch, Tim Sweeney was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're the good guys here. No one ever should have to rebuy a game on Epic to access content. So we'll figure it out. And who knows what their solution is going to be. They haven't figured it out yet. Uh, but boy, and, howdy, but the stuff they have figured out is not good. Uh, so no, uh, but, but, but to your point, Andre, I think what's the issue probably is, is yes, on your IO account, it can show that you have progress in Hitman two. They probably have no way of meaningfully pulling that information into a database that is linked to, epic licenses because i would assume the epic store is not equipped to handle that kind of thing because the epic store is fucking terrible still um and Mm -hmm. um so the issue probably lies in the fact that there's just no way to like 
pull because I mean you're talking about millions of people, right? So there's no way to pull that data over cleanly where it gives everybody the access they're supposed to have. And my argument is Epic should just eat the fucking cost and give everyone the Hitman pass. I they just, gave everyone Hitman one. So every yeah. like it was free. Like you had to, you know, you had to redeem it, but like and, they made Hitman one free. Hitman two isn't even on the Epic Games store. Yeah. And and I didn't actually redeem the free Hitman one because I didn't think about this stuff. And usually I don't redeem free Epic games when I have them on Steam because mm-hmm. I don't want to, the Epic library is already shitty. So I don't yeah. want to clog it up with stuff I don't need. Um, but uh, if you buy Hitman three in the first 10 days, you also get the Hitman access pass for yes. free, even if you yes. didn't redeem it in August. So it's like, or whatever it was, whenever it was free. Um, so it's, it's just like, <laughs> They should just make the Hitman 2 access pass free for the first year, I think. And then if people buy it after that, then it's like, well, you could buy it on Steam because it'll be out on Steam after a year. Or you could buy it on Epic and go back and buy the access pass. If I hadn't spent $100 on Hitman 2 Gold Edition, I would not... Well, I, I I would have I would just be like yeah, whatever I'll spend like the 20 bucks to get like the full thing or like the 8 bucks because it's on sale now. Um, but they want to pay you. They want you to pay a hundred dollars for the Hitman Two levels. Yeah, yeah, the Gold Edition normal price is a hundred bucks. What the fuck? Which is what it was at launch two years yes. ago. Like Hitman One is sixty dollars. Like I O get paid, but what the fuck? Yeah, what are we doing here? I have to imagine they're doing okay. Like, and I also reject the last thing I'll say, and then we can talk about the actual save transfer stuff. Alex, but the, the, the I really don't like I like IO as a studio, but I don't like this like, well, Epic made them do it. It's is an Epic problem. It's Epic's fault. When it's like, no, IO nobody tied IO's hands. Epic brought them a Santa Claus bag full of money and said, We want this exclusively. We'll work with you to figure out how to transfer saves over or whatever. And then IO said, sounds great. We would love to have this money. So like <laughs> the degree to which people are being PC players are being fucked over by this is absolutely one where IO and Epic are both complicit in it. There is no yeah. like you don't you do not have to white you don't have to cape for IO because they're the developer here. Like <laughs> it's good that they're getting paid, but it's their mess. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the save transfer stuff is also bad. Yes. Log in. You have to log in and log out and then log back in. So first you need to have an IO account. So if Mm -hmm. you do not have one, you have to create one. So you Mm -hmm. log into that, you get it all set up. And then it's like, okay, link your Steam account is the first step. And the way to do that is you have to log out of your IO account. And then log back Mm -hmm. in while also logging into your Steam account. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you have your Steam account linked. Great. Okay, so now we can pull your saves from Steam. Now we need to put them into Epic. So what do we do? We log back out and then log mm-hmm. back in alongside the Epic account. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole transfer process that has to, you have to log out at least three times it just d- to get this thing to work. For whatever reason, I think they encouraged you to link your app, your steam account to an IO account in hitman two, because I already had that linked. Yeah. So oh, all yeah. I had to do, 
And I read a, uh, an article that was like, here's how this process is going to work. So I did the whole link your Epic account thing first, although it still doesn't make any fucking sense how you do it. Because like you said, it doesn't tell you anywhere on the website that what you have to do is log out of your IO account and then click log in and then click log in with Epic and then click link to link it instead of yeah. new account, which is really oh ridiculous. It's so but dumb. then I had those accounts linked before I even launched Hitman three, which made the process a little bit less confusing because <laughs> then all I had to do was like click the take me to the save transfer thing. But then the save transfer thing is this weird, bad looking like, like uh, the text is um, looks like like looks like a, a terminal. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's like it's like a command prompt looking uh sort of thing. I mean, it's not, but you click through it, but you like click through all these prompts and steps and there's like paragraphs of text that are warning you about the consequences of your actions and stuff and it's so <laughs> bad. And then technically, depending on their load, if 503 for me twice during the process and I had to start it over, depending on their load, it can take like a long time for the saves to actually transfer. Yeah, and apparently you can go, you have to go to like a queue manager thing to look at your, your transfer requests. If you're, which implies that they, I mean, I guess they had to set up the infrastructure for people to do multiple transfers on different platforms, but I mean, who really is transferring saves on more than one platform? <laughs> so yeah. it's just, it's just weird. Yeah. Cause theoretically you could also link your PSN or your Xbox account and, use that as your source that you're porting over to, but only to go to hitman three on those platforms. You can't take those saves and put them in the PC version on Epic. Um, which is, but yeah, the whole thing is just a, and a couple friends of mine just can't (laughs) access the save transfer site for console save transfers. Um, which no offense to them. If they're listening at all, it was funny because when I was complaining about the, the Epic PC shit, they were like, this is why I just play it on console. And I was like, yeah, okay, good for you. And now they can't, the console site just isn't straight up. Isn't working for them. Oh my God. Yeah. But, I don't, which the, also that means if you did this on PlayStation, you would have to use the PlayStation browser. <laughs> Cause oh it still God. pops a browser could, window, but you could do it in like on like a phone and just, yeah. But how many, stuff how many like people, PC. how many people would actually, not that I'm picking on like, yeah. mainstream gamers but how many people who Fair. get that prompt who are like oh yeah i played hitman 2 that game was great think about that instead they're yeah. just going to go through the prompts the game gives them probably yeah. which is going to pop a fucking browser yeah. window on their console <laughs> so i'm i'm looking more at the epic store and i'm getting like even more mad because uh <laughs> so the deluxe edition is 90 dollars, which um, i bought the deluxe edition of hitman 3 I, I'm mad I didn't because it's got like escalations and shit that yeah. are only and and I love the wanna, escalations so yeah and if you want to buy it I I bought the normal version if you want to buy it after the fact it's thirty five dollars on top yep. of the sixty so it's more expensive yep like this it, it feels bad man yeah the, like it's the the everything outside of the game feels bad yes. So yes. and it can impact the game. The thing I was kind of alluding to, Pat, when you were saying that it can take a while, was I wasn't really reading the the warnings that closely where it says, Hey, 
when this save transfer completes, it's going to fuck your shit. So be careful. Um, and I got like an hour and a half into the game, maybe two hours. And apparently in the background, it had completed its save transfer and had just obliterated all of my progress up till that point. So I basically had to start the game over just like, cause yeah, it had taken like an hour or an hour and a half and then randomly decided, Oh, Hey, by the way, uh, all of your progress that you've made and all of the saves you've made, those are now invalid. You can't use them. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, it's bad. The only reason that I, I anticipated, and I don't know why I did, this is not me uh, king shitting, I anticipated that it was going to be a mess, so I did a lot of research beforehand to try to make sure it doesn't get super fucked. Um, and uh, I can see how it would, in fact, be super fucked for anybody who didn't do all of that research. <laughs> Cause there was a moment where you had, you had uh, said like, Oh wow, this is messed up. And I was like, you got more to do. And you were like, no, I think I finished it. And I was like, you sweet summer child. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, well, in mine, I, I got it transferred fine, but then it didn't like, it was also saying like, Oh, your mastery is zero on all the levels from Hitman two, except for one where I had six, but it had all my experience on them. And then I was like, well, I don't know what else I'm going to do. I'll just do it. I don't care that much. I'll play them eventually once they put the Hitman two levels in for free. Um, and then I just, I went through and then when I got on today, like, you know, uh, 12 hours later, it was like, Hey, you did it. Uh, we finished transferring. So I don't know. Uh, but I, it didn't like erase any of my stuff. Uh, yeah. well, at that point, at least that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I looked, out I don't know. That. Yeah. Like, but so yeah, basically everything outside of the game, not so bueno, but the game yeah. pretty great. Actually, <laughs> The game has some technical stuff too. Like, oh god, um, yeah, it has definitely has technical stuff. I don't have any voiceover for any character other just, than uh, Agent Forty Seven. Anything like that? <laughs> yeah, I haven't run into that. But like you said, there's a Reddit thread about that. I have run into um, sometimes the po- the subtitles for the like important ambient dialogue don't pop mm-hmm. when there's mm-hmm. like people talking about a thing that is actually relevant. And you want to hear it, but yeah, the it's not the end of the world because I mean. I can, I usually play with headphones so I can mm-hmm. just like listen close. Uh, yeah. but, it's, uh, it's tough when you've got multiple, like you'll have like a voiceover yes. like, yeah, yeah. in your ear yep. and then you're also like, wait, I want to hear this, like this, like side or like, you know, this, uh, story mission or whatever mission story. And I don't so know, I can, like try to figure out what I want to do, but then they're like both talking and the subtitles only show up for one of them. And it's, and I have like, I don't really have like, uh, sensory, related um stuff but i also have a really hard time parsing when multiple people are talking at once um so it's it's uh so it's it's hard on the second map of uh hitman 2 or hitman 3 there it is a basically a big manor and there's like Mm -hmm. a murder mystery going on and there's a there's a like a section where it's like uh there's a photographer and he's taking a picture of the family yep and you're supposed to interview the family and get uh, like information from them about their alibis and everything. Mm-hmm. And I had one more person I needed to talk to. 
And so I, I walked up after the picture was taken. I started talking to him, and everyone was like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, get out of here. And they kept talking over, like, what the person was saying. So yeah. I can't hear what they're saying. So, and, the, and the subtitles were, like, iffy on that. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. There's also the um, the issue in the first level in Dubai. They basically just, like, found some, some like, what I guess I think what it is is it's just, like, what white people think Arabic looks like on the signs and just kind of wrote it on. It's not oh. like real Arabic. So it, well, so what I was seeing was the problem was it went left to right and not right to left. Got it. Okay. Which is, so it was, it was correct, but the way it was rendered in the game was like the wrong way. So it, it was incorrect. And it sounded like part of that was like maybe the tools that makes sense. Devs use they, strip out like the special character that make it that makes it read right to left, like it. when it's copy pasted or whatever. Um, Rami uh, Ishmael was yeah. talking about on Twitter, and there they res- yeah. uh, one of the developers responded to them and said that they're treating it as a bug because it's it was an unintended mm-hmm. negative. I forget how he qualified it, but um, but they're that'll get fixed. Um, yeah. So seems like they are diligently fixing stuff. So, yeah, it was just, like, not looked over closely. Um, but, yeah, uh, outside of, like, all this technical stuff we're talking about, like, the game's fun. It's yeah. it's, it's a real good Hitman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, ha- I finished it, like, just, like, no, two I hours ago. I, have to, oh, I nice. had to go to bed. Um, I'm going to finish I, it I'm after on, the podcast. I'm on the third level. And I'm on the fifth level. Uh, is that the Argentina? Argentina. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you've got one more to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I have to play Argentina. I haven't played okay, Argentina okay. yet. So okay. I have Argentina I and Carpathia or Carpathia. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a good game. Yeah. I think the, the, the way that it, it's very aware that it's the third game in this Hitman series in a way, not just narratively, but in the sense of like, they didn't just do six more levels. Um, They each, they're each kind of a deconstruction of different concepts within Hitman that also bring those concepts forward with new gameplay ideas. Yes. Which is very cool. Um, And uh, like, to me, like the Dubai level is very much, an examination of that like paths crossing over themselves and like lots of different routes to get places. Um, and then the second one is that more like there's a story happening in this level that's that you can sort of play along with by doing that adventure gamey route. Yeah. Uh, and then the third level is much more like um, uh, sandbox, like the classic hitman sandbox. Sure, yeah. That is very much like, we don't have mission stories for you this time. You just need to figure this out. And mm-hmm. there's a, this is like a, a, a play playground to do it in. And then like the fourth mission is much more that like very dense, intricate, like cause and effect uh, where doing pushing on something in one area can have an effect on the whole level. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's very cool the way that they're, they're layering that stuff. Yeah, uh, it it is cool the way that, like I said, the second one is like a murder mystery, and like that is probably the most different level in the game. Mm-hmm. I'd say, yeah, it, just because you're 
you're spending a lot more time investigating and like figuring out what happened here rather than plotting your kill. At least that's what I did. Yeah. Um, but even that I had like, I had a weird kind of immersion breaking bug or not even necessarily bug. I don't think it just something happened. And then some characters reacted to it and then other characters did not react to it. And one of the characters who did not react to it really should have, uh, yeah. because it just, it, com- it basically completely changed what was happening, but you know, it's whatever. Yeah. And it, it was still the, a neat thing. The second mission does encourage you to, like play it as that adventure gamey kind of thing, but you don't have to, you can still mess around. Like I found ways that you can certainly murder the person involved and still complete all your objectives. Yes. Mm -hmm. But, but it, but it certainly does lead you down that path. And if you do follow that path, like you could probably spend like an hour with it, treating it like an adventure game and like you're actually doing a mystery. That's what I did. Yeah. But I, I did not murder the person. No, nor did I. But I still completed it. Um, yeah. oh, I however, did. I will say one thing that's Poor weird baddies. about that that murder mystery thingy is that it you can have basically like three different outcomes and they're all yeah. valid. Yep. So I think I don't, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just I found that yeah. a little strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah. a true answer to the mystery, but yeah, you you can you can you can spin it three different ways, and only one of them is the truth, but all three of them will give you what you need so yeah true interesting i think i Uh, think i found the true answer but i don't know if it involved going to a room that you needed a a thing to get into that room with like a key you could call it a key but it's not actually a key okay we can talk about (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah uh if you've seen knives out it's uh, not unlike Knives Out. I have it's still like, not seen Knives oh, Out, should, but I want to watch it this watch, weekend. You should watch so Knives Out. So it got spoiled for me on Twitter. That doesn't matter. That it's made me mad. really good. It's, but I, like the character stuff is really great. I'm willing to watch it finally. I was just angry about it for a long time because I was yeah. excited about that movie, and I missed yeah. it in the theater, and then it was on streaming, and then someone on Twitter was just like, you know, it's so interesting that blah, 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 blah. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> It was like a week after it hit streaming. <laughs> That's amazing. But uh, but it should be noted the story that they're telling is not the same. It's just it's more no, like no, the, no, the aesthetic no, no. and the scenario kind of. Well, yeah, yeah. So, but, I, well, but it's like, you know the big uh, big mansion murder mystery is not necessarily the most yeah. uh, unique take. But like you know secret passages and stuff and whatnot. Yeah, um, and I will say I noted something and I haven't seen anyone talk about it on the net. There was one Umi Neko reference in the second level that I was into. I honestly have a hard time believing that it would have been intentional. <laughs> no, they, it was, it was, it seemed very specific. Anyways. Okay. Uh, I don't know that the Venn diagram of, you might be the only person in the Venn diagram of Umi Neko players. <laughs> players. <laughs> like I in that, that tiny little, it's like you and like 10 other people in this it's tiny good. little. Every, everyone else who's playing Umi Neko is still trying to finish it and they can't play anything else until they do. Yes. Yeah, because it's too uh, fucking good. They don't want it to um, end. <laughs> uh, the uh, what was I going to say? Um, <laughs> I like the way the density you move of, it. Move it. <laughs> I like the density of some of these levels, like yeah. the degree of 
of options is really cool. The thing that I don't, Cameron Kumselman was talking about this a bit on Waypoint Radio and I'm in his review, I believe, on Waypoint. Um, but the one thing I'm not sure that I love that may in the end make Hitman 2 the one that I enjoy going back to more is in Hitman 1 and 2, the story is very, Hitman 2 like has more story than the first game and um, than sure. Hitman games in the past generally. But it's always like, here's the justification for why you are at this location. And now I will leave you to prepare. And then you go into the level and there's stories within the levels and it's tied to the overall plot with who you're killing. But it doesn't really... Each level is very discreet. It's very much like you go in and you kill a guy. That's the thing you do. Um, maybe you do another objective, but it's mostly just like you go in and you kill the guy. And it's a very focused experience. Whereas in these Hitman 3 levels, there's it's much more like... You know, like in that first Dubai level, you've got like Gray talking to you and he's like, well, I'm going to do this while you're doing that. So it doesn't feel like a well, sandbox as much. Um, you had Gray talking to you. Well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like the Thornbridge one, similar thing of like, there's this narrative thing that's going on around the edges. And um, like when you leave, I won't spoil anything for the story, but like when you are leaving the level, there's a little bit of story shit that like kind of comes in over the radio and stuff. And to some extent, I wish I, I kind of am missing a little bit that feel of like each level is a discrete sandbox, but I think maybe part of that is because I don't find the story particularly compelling. I think it, no, it picks up in Berlin um, and gets a little bit more interesting, but I think it's very standard spy shit like people double crossing and yeah like people like there's not been a moment thus far where there's there's one moment that i will not spoil that's a really good dialogue bit um that had me like grinning and kind of like i love hitman but it, it it's just because of that individual dialogue it has nothing to do with the story um yeah and uh generally i think the story is fine but i i almost wish that they had kept it a little bit thinner so it's, that you could, could have those discrete sandbox levels. Yeah. It's already so thin that it feels just kind of like superfluous already. Well, and, and so like, even with like kind of the extra emphasis on this one, this isn't a major criticism because I love these games is one of my yeah. favorite series. Um, and I don't care about the story being good or bad, frankly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but, but I think the thing that I find a little frustrating with the story is they call it world of assassination but I don't feel like there's a connected world here at all. It doesn't feel like anything has ramifications anywhere to this story. It it just, it feels like mm-hmm. it, it just feels very video gamey and like there's no, they're trying to make it like, Oh, you did this thing in Berlin and that has, and, and then you did this thing in Chongqing and that has, serious ramifications for the entire world of assassination mm-hmm. when it's like, okay, but I've known two people in the ICA before this game. Yeah. So I don't even, the ICA to me is, is Burnwood in 47. I don't yeah. see it as an organization. Yeah. I don't see it as like being this global ring of things, be, people, because the only, you never hear about that shit. Um, so I don't know. I, the story has been a little like 
whatever uh, to me. Definitely. The. Uh, I lost it. I lost it. It's okay. I've been enjoying the story. I don't think it's, I think it's pulpy. I don't think it's like deep, but I think for what they're going for, systemically taking down this whole thing has been fun, not funny, but like it's been an interesting take on what they did against the first two games. It feels real great to take out some rich shitheads. Of course. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But just the, like... That it's like so thin, and like they because they cut to like these events that you like you kind of know what's happening, but you don't actually get to what like you miss out on so much. And they're just like people showing up, and they have like you know a 30 second conversation, and then it cuts away, and you're back to assassinating people. I think it's pretty predictable, too. A lot of the main like there's yeah. some like quote sad stuff that happens, but I was just like, I saw, I mean, obviously, this was gonna happen. I was a little surprised it happened this soon, but it was obviously going to happen. Well, they've only got um, six sure. levels to yeah. get you through. So. Um, but what I'll say about their writing is this: there are stories within the levels that are really cool. So yeah, yeah. The, 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 di- the the diegetic stories are really strong. Yes, absolutely. Um, especially like in Chunk King, um, there's like a bunch of little narrative threads between characters that aren't even really like related to the hit. Um, like maybe if you were creative enough, you could find a way to use those stories to your advantage, but they're not even like mission stories. They're just like, like at one point I did a blend interaction, not really for any reason. I didn't really need to, but I did it. And the, this woman standing next to you on this bridge starts a conversation with you about like how her friend was supposed to meet her, but she still hasn't shown up. And she like, doesn't know if her friend's trying to push her away because it's too much. And, and like, 47's like, I'm sure she'll be here and and stuff and like trying to console this woman. And it's just like really I was oh. like, wow, this is actually like a really heartfelt, interesting look at like two strangers interacting. They're both have completely different things going on in their lives. I don't know. There's yeah. little things like that that are really touching not touching necessarily all across the board, but that are really like funny or touching or interesting so i think that like it's clear that there's two writing teams at io and the one that janine hawkins is on is probably the one in the levels and those are really fucking good <laughs> so yeah they are really good like in in the second level and i don't think this is any kind of spoiler like uh, in one of the first rooms you can really access uh even before you start getting down the main path uh you hear like the staff of the hotel or not the hotel the the mansion the manor whatever mm-hmm kind of talking amongst themselves and talking about like some personal stuff going on. Yes, and it sounds yes. like these are, it sounds like these are people that have known each other totally. for like 10, 10 plus years, like having these conversations. It's like, yeah, that feels genuine. Like they're talking about, Oh, I'm going to be a dad kind of yes, stuff. And that it's like, stuff. I was, yeah. I just sat in that room for like 10 minutes and listened to them talk. Yeah. And you can just sit there and, li- and you don't, you don't have to, there's no reason to do it. Like it does not reward you for doing so. It's just really good writing. Like that stuff is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But that stuff um, has always been awesome too. So. And that's what I, that's kind of the thing is that stuff has always been awesome. And I've always preferred that stuff to the larger plot. So to some degree, it bums me out a little bit that like, I wonder if we got less of that in like the Berlin level, for example, because the Berlin level mm-hmm. serves a very specific purpose within the larger story. Yeah. So I'm, and it, and it involves some in mission dialogue. And I'm wondering if like, 
would that level have been more interesting if those had just been targets like in Hitman 2? And if you had had more of that sort of diegetic storytelling in the level, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, and I happen to know, like, there's a mechanic in the fifth level that sounds disappointing to me. I mean, it sounds interesting from the perspective of this isn't something they've really done before in a Hitman game. Um, yeah. We have to protect someone, basically. Oh, um, okay. I won't spoil yeah. like anything more about it, but uh, it it feels less like protect and more just be a little more careful. Okay, that's good because I think it's adding like, those don't wrinkles throw, is don't good. throw an explosive duck gotcha. at this person. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. There's there's I don't think it has the same feel. To, I guess what it is is I won't know this for sure until I'm deep in doing mastery stuff. Like I yeah. played the Paris level for around 20 hours from yeah. Hitman one because clown outfits and- that level. And there's just between the escalations and all the challenges, there's just like so many things to do in it over and over and over again. And every time you're learning you about a new edition. thing, yeah. <laughs> every time you're learning about a new thing, like, Oh shit, I didn't realize that I could climb this drain pipe to get in this window. That changes mm-hmm. the way that I approach this part of the, sure. the task. Yep. Um, and I'm hoping that that is still here in these Hitman three levels. I just don't really know yet because I haven't just sunk my teeth into them in that way. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I just started replaying the, I, so I finished the game. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back to Dubai. I'm going to like check out the other stories and the challenges and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. There's like a whole other, that's like, my suspicion is that all that stuff is still there. It's just kind of covered up by the story in your first playthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that by going back, you'll be able to sort of peel back those layers a little bit and and, you yeah. know, and, and get to the kind of like hit the gooey hitman center. It, um, it f- <laughs> uh, no, Chong Chong King uh, felt like the most kind of ephemeral. Like you know, I I don't really know what I'm gonna <laughs> like. There's no. I'm just going to walk around here. And I'm going to try and find a thing. I'm like, Oh, okay. I found like these guys in like cook costumes and they're having a conversation. Okay. I guess I'm going to follow that these level, guys for a while. And that level is maybe at first blush. That level maybe is my favorite Hitman level in the entire trilogy. I don't know. I have to play it a lot more. I haven't played Mumbai that much and people mm-hmm. like Mumbai a lot. Um, and people, I don't Sapienza is really cool people talk about Sapienza like it's the best one. And I don't think that it's the best one. Uh, I, I got a weird pick for my favorite so far. I haven't finished Hitman three, but I really liked yeah. Hokkaido. I hate Hokkaido, but it's really the, <laughs> the thing about this conversation is that I have, I think it's interesting that you like Hokkaido. I would never argue about this shit <laughs> because <laughs> I think that people's picks of their favorite Hitman level I think they're all really, really good and really well designed. So I would never, ever say like, you're crazy for liking Hokkaido. I just happen to hate Hokkaido because of the way it's so gated and, um, Mm. and it's so like, uh, you have to do so much work to move around the level freely. That's why I think it it bothers me because I don't like Colorado either for the same reason. Yeah. I really like that. I I liked that one. (laughs) The the Whittleton Creek is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like the ones where you can just cause like the chaos you cause oh. seems the most out of place. So I like, really, you know, 
blowing Sorry. things up in a suburb is just like it's good fun. I would think or like uh, being Mi- a real estate agent. Miami was also a really strong one. Miami's yes. great. I agree. Of um, course you like Miami, Pat. Yes. Yes. Because it's <laughs> Formula One race. Uh, <laughs> but but I will say, like getting back to the playing Paris on its own for 20 hours straight, that was also kind of the benefit of Hitman 1, it being episodic. Yes. Like I, I, I still kind of miss that format for Hitman because I think that's when it was at its best. When you were like you were playing a level over and over again because that's what you had. And like when the new one came out, you're anticipating it because it's like, oh yeah, I get to jump into this next one and then sink my teeth into that one for 20 hours kind of thing. Like, I think that's personally the best format they've had because uh, after this, I play the level once and then I move on to the next one and then to the next one and then go back to them later. Whereas yeah. I preferred playing it over and over again and then to the next one over and over and over again. Yeah, I can see that. I think you could still do that. Um, I kind of like being able to run through the story and see, get an overview of all the levels and then do what you're saying and play stuff over and over. Um, but I understand why I've heard that sentiment a few times and I understand, I think it was cool when they did it episodically. That's for sure. Um, and I would almost like for them, the thing that they've not done that I wish they would is release one of these games and who knows if they will. I don't think they've said, and then do episodic releases for like a year afterwards. Like give me, give me like six more levels over the next two years or something like, yeah, especially since this is the last one. Um, Yeah. It would be nice if they're just like, Hey, here's, here's some more shit or like they, cause with, Hitman one, they still did like, oh, here's our summer update. We're not doing a full thing, but like we're gonna do a like an alternate version of Sapienza. And we're yeah, gonna, like, change, oh, yeah, we're gonna yeah. add a bunch of stuff to yeah. it and like change the setting. Those are cool. Yeah, they did that with um the Patient Zero campaign. I didn't actually finish nope. it, but I started playing some of it. That thing's really cool. It totally changes the um hotel level from yes. Hitman one. Yeah, um, it's like a totally different level. Uh, yeah. if you play Patient Zero, and that it's it's awesome. Uh, I totally would accept stuff like that if they just like changed, tweaked things. One of my favorite Hitman games prior to this trilogy, I, I mean, Blood Money is objectively the best one. I think, um, objectively, can't say that, but uh, Blood Money is the was the best one before this, just because it was the most fully formed. But I loved Hitman Contracts because Contracts was like an anthology series of like in this fiction at that point, spoilers for the old 25 year old Hitman and its <laughs> sequel, but canonically at the end that of Hitman old. two, uh, no, it's not that old. Um, maybe, tw- maybe 20, 20 ish. Uh, but, uh, canonically at the end of Hitman two, 47 dies. Um, at least I think I'm remembering that right. So the third game was called Hitman contracts and it was an anthology of games tied together by this like person telling 47 stories. And then mm-hmm. at the end of contracts, it was like, Oh my God, the person who was telling the stories to was 47. Uh, Dun-dun. yeah. Uh, Hitman code name 47 came out the 19th of November, 2000. There you go. Yeah. Um, contracts 2004. Yes. Uh, so anyway, um, I loved Hitman contracts because it was totally like now 47s in a weird nightclub with a meatpacking plant attached to it and like it was it just was like 
they had total freedom to bounce from spot to spot with no need to narratively justify it. I think it would be really cool if the next, when they come back to Hitman, they've said this is the last one in the trilogy. It's the last one for a while. When they come yeah. back to it, I would love to see a take that's more like that. Um, and I think in my dream scenario, they should just do a season, like a, a bunch of DLC for this that takes that approach <laughs> of yeah. like, hey, yeah, the story ended in Hitman 3. Here's a bunch of filler stuff that happened that doesn't really relate to the story of the game's um, using old levels and maybe like a couple new levels. Uh, but I don't know. Um, the DLC levels they did for Hitman 2 are really cool. I heard people kind of haven't played. Them. I heard people kind of poo poo them, them when they came out. They're really good though. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love to play them if only uh, <laughs> there was some way to import my the knowledge that I own. It's also Hitman funny. 2 Gold Edition. Some here's a this is like a, a, a light spoiler for the end of Hitman 2, beginning of Hitman 3. Um, which you would know if you started Hitman 3. You would already know this, so don't worry if you started Hitman 3. But <laughs> at the end of Hitman 2, the base game, they have the constant in their custody, and the story stuff in Hit in the DLC, I was like, wow, this has pretty major story implications from the bank level and the like Maldives uh, um, like resort level that they added which are both really cool levels. Uh, mm. And then at the beginning of Hitman 3, they're just like, they had the constant, but he escaped. And I was <laughs> like, well, it was a lot more complicated than that. I, but I guess, I guess that really is all that matters to the story. Somehow Palpatine is back. Yeah, it was funny. Because <laughs> uh, I just played those earlier this week and was like, I wonder how they're going to do this because they're going to have to explain what happens here to people who didn't play the DLC because it matters. But yeah, it all it is, is it doesn't really. It's just that he escaped. That's the only part of it that matters. And, and, you know, and that's that's what I was saying about the story. Is like it's so it's so barely there. And none of it matters. Like yeah. they don't need it. I I, I what I said privately, and I'm not like saying like it's terrible. It's it's fine. There's nothing. It's not bad. Um, it seems very much like a like they're gearing up to do a James Bond story with this stuff. I think that really? it. I could see them transplant a lot of these ideas onto James Bond and have it work really well. And I'm wondering to what extent James Bond is just going to, the bond game is just going to be a hitman game. Not that I would be complaining about that. (laughs) It would be fine if they made the bond games hitman, except instead of killing people, your objectives are like go steal stuff from this vault or whatever, uh, be a spy. That could be fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think IO's, in terms of the games they make, they make just really interesting, really polished stuff that's like just amazing systems. And I think working with a property like that is mm-hmm. going to be, it's going to do wonders for them. Like they're, they are the yeah. right studio to do that. And yep. I think they're going to, if they get creative freedom, like if they are able to do what they want with it and like the license holders, whoever owns the license for James Bond, I don't even know, but MGM, it's MGM. Is it MGM? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as they're not like, you know, not like scrutinizing every tiny thing and not letting them do their creative freedom stuff, then I'd be interested in seeing how buck wild they can get with it. They're notoriously hands-on with James Bond, but also as from what I have heard, they've had such a hard time getting bond projects off the ground because of that, that they maybe are going to be able to have that kind of creative freedom. Um, So I don't know. I would say uh, 
James Bond Everything or Nothing, which is my favorite James Bond game. I think that game is fucking fantastic. I don't um, know that one. It's a third person game. Um, it's from like mid to late 2000s. It had like cover shooting and stuff, um, but it had a lot of stealth in it. Uh, and there was a lot of like driving sequences and stuff like that. Uh, I really like that game. And there's a couple levels of that game that feel like Hitman levels to me. So cool. um, I think if they look at that and then make a better, I think Io will make, I would hope they would make a better game than that. Cause that game was like good for a licensed game. I don't want to oversell it. Uh, and I think, you know, if, if Io can kind of pull some creative freedom with the way that they use the license, like you're saying, um, it could be really good. I also think I've heard people say that they hope that IO is able to transfer their sort of weird sense of dark humor onto James Bond. I don't think that'll be a problem because I actually think James Bond already has, I think it meshes really well actually with their tone. Um, I don't think, I think a lot of the stuff in James Bond that is on the twisted side is a little um, subtle in a way that maybe people don't realize and kind of see it as more serious than it is. But even the Daniel Craig movies are like campy in certain ways. It's just so intentional that I think sometimes it doesn't come through. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think they're the perfect studio, like you said, to do bond and I'm excited to see it. I don't know. Andre's. Uh, yeah, no, I was, yeah, oh, my, okay. my, uh, I, I was going to ask, but we've had the conversation a million times of where should they go? But you so, know. what for James Bond or for yeah, Hitman? Well, I mean for Hitman, but yeah, I mean, so, James Bond, uh, you know, they should just make an Austin powers game is that that's the answer there. Yeah. So well, that kind of exists. That's Nolf. Yeah. Oh, no, no one lives forever. No one lives oh, forever. No one lives forever. Okay. One of the yeah. best games of all time. Oh my yeah, God. It's excellent. Jesus Christ! Somebody <laughs> make a new Nolan <laughs> forever even, for fuck's yeah, sake! Even Nolf. No, I don't even do Nolf. Well, what I really want is a really good remake of the first two Nolan Lives Forever games. I don't even know if I want a, someone to try to do a new one. The only people I would want to do a new one is Valve, uh, and oh. that's not going to happen. Uh. They're not going to make a Nolan Lives Forever. Uh, that would be an anyway. Anyway, Nolan Lives Forever is fucking fantastic. You <laughs> yeah, should play that, those games, Andre. I yeah. th- I've played some of them. But I don't know if there's three. There's No One Was Forever One and Two, and then Contract Jack. Contract Jack sucks. IMO. Contract uh, Jack. One. It's two. like another no character, way. a side character. You play it. It's not good. The first two are great though. God, the level, okay, the no, sniper no, I level. Did not play No One Was Forever. No, never mind. Oh, you get you got it. You got to play No One Was Forever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Kate Archer. Yeah, Kate Archer and Agent Forty Seven in the same game. Yeah, that's what they should do: is make Kate Archer, Kate Archer, an elusive target in oh Hitman God. Three. Who who should Hell we yeah. get in Hitman Three? Who should be our like because they're going to do elusive a celebrity targets? one? Who is who is yeah. the celebrity elusive target this go around? They had Gary Busey, then Sean Bean, Tigger. You're gonna you're gonna eliminate the only Tigger from the world. <laughs> yes, he's he's uh, the only one. Yep. Technically, that would be committing genocide, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it genocide um, if it's an animal? Is it uh, you're just I like, think, hunting it to extinction? I think really 
the the thing they should do is get like AOC wants to be in video games, right? A person who I love, like wants to oh, be like no. more engaged with gamers. AOC should volunteer as one of the elusive targets, but not actually playing as herself. That would be weird and creepy. Like play a terror, like a, a scary mad scientist or something like that. Okay. I could my actual answer. Look, my actual answer is Chris Evans. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, I'm Chris, Evans. <laughs> Chris Evans would not be bad. They should have, um, uh, was uh, da- Daniel Craig? Yeah, in what are we talking Benoit about? Blanc. He should play Benoit Blanc as in in the Thornbridge <laughs> oh, yeah. level, of course. Yeah, what if it's That'd what am good. I saying? That, that's that's the right answer. There's some yeah. I could see some good ones though. Like, what about the actor who played Agent Forty Seven in the movie? Timmy Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, that would be funny. That would be that'd be really silly. especially because. I don't know what IO thinks of their own canon, but like agent 47 is technically a clone. Mm-hmm. That's why his name is 47. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did allude to that in Hitman two, that gray was like the reason they knew each other was because gray was also from the same cloning facility. Mm-hmm. So they could make Timothy Oliphant like, Agent 48. Yeah, he could be one of the clones. Because Agent 47. Again, spoilers nice. for the original Hitman 1 from 2000. <laughs> the end of that game is so fucking dumb. It's hilarious because you have to fight like dozens of 47 clones. Oh, no. Oh, right. That's the last level as they're like pouring out of the cloning facility and you have to blow them all away. <laughs> God, I forgot about it's that. so stupid. Okay. I can well, confirm that is not how Hitman 3 ends. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. My other, my last elusive target would probably be Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, that'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. The rock. <laughs> Again, they should, they should do one that's like at a wrestling event or like, a Oh Comic-Con. yeah. Yes. Like, yes. That would be, it's a missed, a missed chance that they didn't the, do it. You but. know, you know that every time they make a Hitman game, they've got the sports arena one. On, yeah. a, on a board somewhere, but mm-hmm. they they haven't pulled the trigger on it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. The thing about a sports arena is when they choose to do that, they can dress that level up over and over again in different ways mm-hmm. because you can make it a convention thing. Yep. Oh, you totally. can make it a, a, you know, they should do like a football arena, American football arena, because you can have a football game happening and like their crowd tech is hitting a point where they could actually have the stadium have like tens of thousands of people in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, they totally, and, and actually to answer the earlier question of where should they go? I was laying in bed last night thinking about Hitman, which is something that occurs (laughs) for me more frequently than you would think. Not even on the release weeks of Hitman games. Uh, and, um, my dream as cool as as I said, anthology, because it's more realistic my real dream is they go, okay, 47, this time you need to kill a bunch of people, whatever, 12 people. And they're, they're all in ticket pick, New York city, Tokyo, San Francisco, uh, like London, um, wherever Paris. And this time, you have to figure out how to kill them all. And it's all one big like city 
So it's more like an open world, not an open world game with like far cry objectives, not an Ubisoft open world, but more like there's dozens of mission stories and a dozen targets spread out across the city and they become available to target at different times. And you're basically, you mean mean death loop. Basically. Yeah. (laughs) Like one large city that is the size of like a watchdogs or something. Yeah. But you're killing, uh, targets, um, over like a 10 hour campaign, like not even campaign, like the kind of thing where I, the part of the reason I'd like to see that is because you would be able to have like, it would take me 10 hours to kill all these targets on this one big, huge map. But then you would get speedrunners who get it down to like, Oh, I figured out how to do it in five minutes. Mm-hmm. And here's how I would love to see that. Uh, and I think yeah. it'd be really cool and a twist to the formula. If it was like, Oh yeah, you can drive around and go to these different locations. And I think that, uh, the thing that would they could make it uh more to scale than a real than a lot of open world games by saying it's a chunk of a city rather than here's an entire city uh and just pick yeah, the most treat, interesting geographical locations i was gonna treat it more like the division or something mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like maybe maybe yeah. half of the, that size or something yeah that'd be cool yeah yeah and w- one thing i will say that i i never really felt bummed out by this in the previous games but it was on chunking like at the beginning i did like the hitman vision or whatever where you pull the right bumper and it brings up like your like your opponent and you can see the, people through walls and like instinct mode or whatever yeah instinct vision or yeah instinct mode whatever yeah. it is and i was like oh i can just see where both my targets are like across the map outlined in red like in mm-hmm. their underground secret labs and or you know wherever they are and like it was just a, it was a little like i wish i had to work for it more a little bit you know i still have yeah. to like figure out how to get down there and like do things stealthily and you know not get my shit wrecked but it would have sure. been nice to have a little bit more of a aha there you are moment instead of just Okay, you're you're there, you're there. Okay, well, now I know what I'm doing. Yeah, well, it's always been that way, though. Yeah, and or, it just, it never, it yeah. never, like, it never came across to me like that until, like, this game. But maybe yeah. that's just because I've played two other games. I've played a lot of them. I think uh, part of that is that in the only other level that is quite to that scale to my memory is the Mumbai level. And if I recall in the Mumbai level you don't know who the targets are there there is one who you don't know yeah that's right and, and they're the, like hidden out in a bunker and the other one is in a very specific place so it didn't feel as weird i don't think because when you hit control for on pc it's control you hit the like mm-hmm. hitman vision it's like oh there's that one target in the area that i know they're in and so it in the other one you just couldn't see so you didn't have the same like oh this is where they are um yeah did you do, I won't spoil them, did you do the mission stories in the Chunking level? I did two of them. I did, like, the homeless one, and yeah. I did the, uh, the, like, the tour one. Okay, cool. Those are the ones that I did, too. I yeah. think that the way, be very careful, I think that the way the tour one ends is extremely interesting, and it's the only mission story in hitman that i've gone i want to go back and play that mission story again and see Mm -hmm. how i could do things differently 
Um, and it was like, that's when I was like, oh, the point of this level is cause and effect. It's to show you that like you make choices when you are deciding to knock out a security guard or whatever to take their, their uniform. You're not even realizing that you're making a choice that's actually going to affect the mechanics of the level because now that guard's not patrolling and it opens up this area yeah. or something. And you don't really think about that in the process of playing, but that mission story shows confronts you directly with like, here's a choice to make. And it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, the way that the other one that you mentioned, the the one that one was <laughs> the other ones f- fucking wild. It's really cool. Yeah. Cyberpunk eat your heart out. Yes. Um, yes. Turns out Hitman three was the cyberpunk we needed all along. Yeah. Uh, the art on like the, the art on that level for it's, just it's, like level design is real nice. It's spectacular. And the, and neon lights. There's you, no ray tracing in the game. There's like screen space reflections or whatever, but they're going to add RTX and it's just going to look so good. I don't even, does it even need, I mean, you look at the reflections really in the good. puddles. Yeah. I, I was looking at the RTX puddles and is chunking. better at that stuff. Yeah. So it's just going to look better. <laughs> it was just stunning. Like the way the lights yeah. reflect off the, the wet pavement is, I mean, wet pavement is the thing, right? And I was just like, wow, it's so or even in, even in the manor. Like yeah. When stuff yeah. It does like it there too. Off of like, like uh, off mm-hmm. of the, the shined up floors and stuff like that. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it, I don't think there's the animations can be kind of jank in Hitman games sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I like, I don't want to say it's like all around. It's not like the best looking game I've ever seen or anything. No, but there's some really impressive work with like reflections and reflective surfaces the first like when you go to dubai the first time and like the the spot it puts you in did make me go like holy shit because i was just like this looks real nice like real mm. pretty like not even like uh oh it's the most beautiful you know the best graphics it was just like a real nice like vista and presentation i really hope hidden somewhere in that level is an electric car that you can drive out a window <laughs> they really 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 should have that that would be a really good like murder or um it would be a perf- like, yes escalation or elusive target thing uh that would be a reference to a fast and furious film for yep. people who yep. have not seen that if but they do they should do like a heist in one of the like because they always have like oh destroy the thing but like if it was just like get in get out don't be you know, don't be seen, don't be heard or whatever. So, so, um, you should play the Hitman two DLC. I should, <laughs> and I will. Uh, whenever Tim Sweeney deems it. Yeah. Deems um, it appropriate. It's, uh, the, 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 there's still in the bank level, you still have to kill somebody, yeah. but, but, but it's, it is also a heist. Uh, so, and you get exactly those, that the heisty feel. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a lot Hitman of talk. That's no, Hitman now, three. Now, we're gonna... now that we've talked for Hitman three for no less than an hour. <laughs> uh, hey, it's good. Uh, we'll be playing more of it. As you know, I, yeah. I want to try and play more um, of the. I always say I want to play more of the elusive targets and stuff, uh, but. Maybe this year I'll actually stick with it. Maybe not. I don't know. I would assume that since this is the last one, they're pro- they're going to start rotating through old ones. They in did eventually to the new ones do that because they did that with before. The, yeah, 
if if I were them, I would say, "Hey, this is the Hitman Three elusive target." And then in the weekends between them, I mm-hmm. would rotate through the old ones yeah. to encourage people to go buy the passes. Um, yeah. uh, but I think you know, there's exhaustive Hitman talk, but I don't know that we're going to need to, unless we want to have yeah, like no. a spoilery review conversation at some point. Um, doesn't I? I yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna uh, say like, what do we even like spoil? But well, like, yeah, you know the levels go. It's and, stuff and, about the levels. The, yeah. the story is nothing. No, so no. And also, there's not that much coming out in the next few months. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. Uh, w- one of us played a thing that is coming out in the next few months, and one of us is playing a thing that's a 250 hour hole. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, Andre, let's hear about the about? hole. Let's hear about yeah, your hole, let's, Pat. Let's dive uh, yeah, into the hole, let me maybe. tell you about. Let me tell you about my holes. Um, <laughs> oh. uh, so Ask I about my holes. I hinted at, or didn't really hint. Please. I mentioned that I was playing the Yeast games last week. Um, at that point, I had gotten through the first game and was in in the second game. Uh, I have since completed Yeast one and two, and I've completed one and a half of the campaigns from Yeast Origin. Yeast mm-hmm. Origin, it's not really like Birth by Sleep, it, but it does like a thing where there's three different stories in it, um, and uh, the first two are like the same. They're almost like alternate stories because they're the they are really they're the same path through the game. They just have different stories to them based on which character you're playing. Um, but they can't Hmm. exist. The stories couldn't happen. They couldn't both happen. It'd be impossible for both of them to happen because of the events that occur within them. So it's like two different stories. And then the third one is like the canonical one, but you have to beat the first two to unlock the third one. Oh, so Uh, it's like you're playing a visual novel and then you're getting the various ends until you get the true end. Correct. Ah. Correct. But with like, fun gameplay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, the, the, the thing that's cool is that the characters are different enough that it's, it doesn't feel like too repetitive. Instead, it's like, mm. Oh, this boss fight's totally different now. Cause this character plays super differently. Um, which is kind of cool. And it's a short enough game that it's not super. It's not like, Oh fuck. I have to play a 25 hour game over again. Um, and the stories are interesting, but forget ahead of myself. The first two East games are really cool. I think if you have any interest in like old video games, you should play them. The yeast one and two that are on steam is the way that I played it. It's beautiful graphical updates that gives it like a 16 bit, but like better uh, visual fidelity. And um, they're a really interesting contrast to, the cold steel games or the trails games, because the trails games are super, super about politics and individual story threads from like 20 different characters weaving around each other. And they're, it's really cool, but yeast is much more about like mythology and it's more of a a game about like, um, the, a a hero going to kill the big demon monster. And it does it in a way though. That's really feels really, touched by like classic fantasy and it's it's they're really really well done uh and gameplay wise the first two yeast games are interesting because they use a bump combat system which is something that was very common in roguelikes where or in rogue (laughs) and nethack and and those games 
where to attack enemies, you literally just run into them. Oh, and gotcha. um, in yeast, though, it's super fast paced and you're trying to run into them at an angle so that they can't attack you back. And it makes for really fun, like weird combat scenarios where you're like sprinting, you move so fast. So you're like sprinting at these enemies and slamming into them. And it's just leaving like a trail of monster entrails in your wake because (laughs) there will be rooms where there's like 10 enemies and you just like run into them twice. Like you run into them and kind of like bounce against them until they die. And if you get good at it, you can just figure right through these rooms and Swiss cheese whole rooms of guys. It's, it's very entertaining. Um, and then the origin kind of takes on the way that the game works until the last two, which is more like a sort of like Zelda mixed with Diablo where you're in an isometric view and you're hitting a button to attack, but it's like real fast. So it's like Diablo where you're like killing rooms of guys very quickly and um, you have abilities that you use that kind of are useful in different tactical situations. Um, So in the end, those games clearly are like Diablo, but JRPGs. There isn't loot in the same way as there is in Diablo. You get items over the course of the game that make you stronger, but it's not like enemies are dropping stuff, really. They drop like buffs, temporary potions that give you increased attack speed and stuff. Um, and uh, it's really satisfying to to like learn the systems and get good at them and level up your characters. You don't have to do that much grinding. When you do, it's fun because you just run through the same room over and over again and hoover up enemies <laughs> and just watch the experience bar fill up, <laughs> which is, is more fun to me than it has than I've seen in games like destiny and stuff uh and it has a cool story i don't know um i I highly recommend giving them a look if you have any affinity for action rpgs i'm excited to to like move through the series where are you playing them because i I think they're available on switch aren't they um no well uh origin is available on switch okay um let's pull up let's pull up the chart shall we Oh god! I'll make this fast, because, <laughs> but Honestly, it is funny. Like, why? I don't. If you have the ability to play a game on anything other than a Switch, I don't know why you would want to play on the Switch right now. Because it's not like you have to go. You're going anywhere. It's like, oh, I can take I this agree on the with go you, with but me. People love their Switches, so I, I get it. Out of their um, minds. So yeah, it's so bad. So that I agree. The order that you play the yeast games in is you play one and two, which is available on the PC, PSP, Vita, PlayStation TV, and mobile. But the mobile version, I it looks like it sucks, and Sam confirmed to me that it sucks. Uh, right. From there, you should play Yeast Origin, which is available on PC, PS4, Vita, Xbox One, and Switch. You, uh, according to Digital MLS, which is what I've been using to kind of guide myself through the games. Um, the best versions of use origins are the console versions because the PC version doesn't have a, the interface is better on the console versions because dot EMU did the, 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 the console ports. Right. Uh, and has a cleaner interface. After that, you play yeast Four memories of Celsita, which is a remake of the original yeast Four. <laughs> uh, and that one okay. is though you can play it on PC, PS4, Vita, or PS TV, but the PS4 remaster has higher res 
visuals and a higher quality uh, score. Uh, so you should play it there. Then you play Yeast 3, The Oath in Felgana, <laughs> which is on PC, PSP, Vita, and PlayStation TV. PC version has the best visuals. Then you play Ye 6, The Ark of Napishtim, which is only on PC. <laughs> and then you play Ye 7, then 8, then 9. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, you just played Kingdom Hearts uh, yep. two years ago, last yep. year, two years ago? Two years ago. Two yep. years. 2019. Like this is no this is no different than the birth by sleep and three fifty eight over two. No, it's really not. Like the the order the thing about, that you put. The, stuff the thing in. about Kingdom Hearts is that they collected them in two packages. Yes, where you can just play the one that says one on the tin, and then play the one that says two on the tin, and you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, and just play everything in each of those collections. Whereas this series is pretty fragmented. Well, you across can play the one games. one point five and two point five plus point eight. Yeah. I mean, it's still ridiculous, right? But like you yeah. play the games in the ascending yeah. order of the numbers, yeah. basically. Um, hey, I, maybe uh, I, I can't. I, it's been a while since I looked at that thing because like, I thought the, maybe it was in a weird order, but maybe it's not. It's not. Uh, the, the, in the, if you put in 1.5 remix, then it's like, oh, play Kingdom Hearts 1 and then play whatever, Birth by, or not Birth by Sleep, uh, uh, Chain of Memories. Chain of Memories, and then watch the movie that they did of 358, I want to say. I watched that for like 20 minutes before it's realizing it was awful. only cutscenes. Oh my and God. Not any gameplay. That's the, I loved my time with Kingdom Hearts. I am a Kingdom Hearts super fan now. Sitting and watching the cutscenes for 358 over two, which are very important to the overall plot, <laughs> it fucking melts your brain because it's you're watching cutscenes and text text crawls yep. of a DS game. <laughs> yep. God, anyway. completely devoid of any like yes uh, store like gameplay or yeah. like st- gameplay story stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. What's interesting when we can move on about the story of, of the yeast games is with the way they were developed, like one and two were pretty widely beloved when they came out. Um, and then in like the late eighties and then the third game in the series was kind of like they were chasing Zelda two. It was like a side scroller originally. Um, and not very good from what I understand. The fourth one was better, but not super well received. And then the fifth one, people don't really like, and it hasn't even been translated. And this website is like, just don't even worry about it. Um, but then the sixth game, they actually put a lot of like effort into the story, and it's a great game from what I understand. And after that, they went back and said, like, we need to clean up the story in these other two games and they made origin and remakes of three and four. And after six, once they started doing those remakes, they made significant changes to the stories of three and four. In addition to the gameplay mm-hmm. to kind of make them all more cohesive. Like, and now retconning or yeah, yeah. Like the total retconning, like the, the okay. they're not even, they call them, they're almost like erasing that the games, the first game, the first iterations of those games ever even happened. Um, And now retroactively three and four 
are cool and the whole story is supposedly really, really good, but it's only really, really good because after the sixth game, they went back and kind of totally reworked the stories of the, of the, of three and four. So I don't know. I'm very interested to see how all that plays out. Apparently the sixth game, some people say you should play it as soon as you finish origin because it has like bombshell story shit that changes the entire context of the story. But the guide that I was reading was like, or you could play four and three first and then have your mind blown when you play six. Uh, <laughs> so that's the route that I'm going. Kind of like, uh, you know, do you watch star Wars from like in like, you know, release order or do you watch it like in, yeah, like one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, what do you do? Yeah. Then there's the machete oh. machete order and all that stuff. And Sam reminded me that the original versions of three and four were licensed out. They didn't even Falcom didn't even make them themselves. They they licensed the name out and um because they were kind of in tumultuous periods with like their there's a really good documentary that Sam sent me. You can look it up about Falcom's history. Um fascinating stuff. I highly recommend it. And they go over those kind that that period of their history in the nineties they had a lot of like turnover and um not a lot of cohesion among their, their game units. They still had the same like top level people that some of whom are still there today. But uh, yeah, they're a really interesting company. I rolled my eyes at Sam sometimes. I'm kind of kidding. Cause I've been playing the trails game slowly too, but um, I think maybe they're the company that I find the most interesting in the kind of, history of JRPG stuff at this point, And I'm really excited to kind of work through trails and yeast and then some of their non series games as well. Uh, Cause they're, they're pretty cool. Well, I'm happy for you or I'm sorry that happened. I don't know. I'm not reading all that. <laughs> I think, I think uh, if you like me are someone who really wants to like JRPGs, but you tend to find them boring just being honest, not saying that they are boring, but I often get 10 hours into a JRPG and go like, I don't want to do this for another 60 hours. <laughs> um, I think you should give Falcom's games a look because they're very different narratively and, and uh, gameplay wise than a lot of JRPGs I've experienced and encountered. So. All right. Well, that's Pat's hole. Mm -hmm. Now, Alex, how about you tell us about your, your hole. <laughs> that sounds like it's not very deep from what you said before. <laughs> this doesn't sound like it's a hole that, that my hole deep. is very, sh my hole is very shallow. Yeah. Um, you yeah, no, probably so see I, a doctor about that. Probably like, uh, you would think you would think uh, like Hank Hill over here with his narrow urethra. <laughs> That's not how he says urethra. <laughs> Anyways, I played the demo to a video game, which I normally wouldn't talk about, but it's a pretty substantial demo, and that is the one for Monster Hunter Rise. And it gives you two monsters that you can fuck with, uh, and it gives you thirty Are of them dragons. Them. Kind of. I mean, it's not well, a dragon because you can do wyvern riding on one of them, right? Yeah, one of them is like a wyvern. I Which I think they should have. I mean, let's be honest. Wyvern riding. They've been listening dragon to the podcast. Fucking. Just call it dragon fucking. I get that it's on Switch. 
but family friendly. Yeah. So like it's kind of dragon esque, but it's not like big old motherfucking Look, dragon. If, if if we can have tall vampire lady with with the boobs, then we can we can <laughs> finally just get the dragon fucking out there and over. Please, with. Capcom. Please. Somebody other than Larian <laughs> Studios, please. Just just just. I'm begging you. Yeah. Tall vampire lady with the boobs. It's funny that we'll get to that later. Yeah, we will. But yeah, so like. Um, you could potentially play this demo for like 20 or 30 hours if you really wanted to, but and some people have, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it because you're not maintaining any of those materials. Like you're not saving any of them and you're not carrying them to the main game. So you're just kind of just doing the hunts over and over again for no particular reason. Yeah, some uh, people want to practice the weapons and whatnot, but yeah, it's true. It is a good way to just kind of get into each weapon and see how they feel, see how the mouthfeel is on those weapons. Um, but take the hammer yeah, so, all up in that mouth. But for me, historically, I've tried a lot of Monster Hunter games and never really, they've just never clicked for me. And I would say I tried this game and it didn't really click for me. Um, however, I did go back to it and play it with a friend uh, who is much more enthusiastic about Monster Hunter than I am and has a much more uh, broad depth of knowledge than I do. And that made it a lot better. Um, so I would say that experience of ha- doing it with someone uh, and just having them like talk about some of the deeper mechanics and uh, some of the other stuff that you're not noticing going on was kind of cool, and it made it better. And also they're lighthearted. So uh, we were just talking bullshit the whole time, and that made it so much better. So... I think I could totally see this being a good game or monster hunter in general being a good thing to get into if you have a crew like that. But I think playing it solo sucks. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to play the full game, uh, but in terms of this, like, like I said, the demo's pretty thorough. Like you could spend many, many hours. It seems like all of the systems basically are in there. Uh, you can hang out with your Palico or, the dog whose name I'm forgetting now. It's, oh no. It's like a Palamute or something. Cause I think it's like mm-hmm. a Palamute that, that's that, a pal. Yeah, that sounds right. I think Palamute is yeah, right. I think. And you can ride it. So, like, yeah, you can do all the stuff. You can collect all the resources you normally would. You can do all the tracking. You can do all that junk. And, like, you can murder these monsters and you can get their stuff. But again, it's kind of all for naught. <laughs> um, did. The previous games have the grapple hook, or is that new to this? So they had a like a version of it in World, um, right. and th- it sounds like the Arise Kujikawa version is like mm-hmm. more um, robust and has a lot more uses. Yeah, it's it's actually been pretty cool because like people are just whipping around all over this place, and then I think uh, I never really got deep into it, but it seemed like you could use the wires from that as a part of a trap. Like if you Mm. got people to cross them over a monster enough that you could kind of trap it and get a bunch of hits down with it, which I thought "Eh, that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm the best person to talk about the monster hunter mechanics because I monster hunter for me is weird because it's not, it's a complicated game in terms of the fact that there's many systems at play, but playing it isn't that complicated in terms of like if you're learning a weapon, you can spend like five or six hours and pretty much have that weapon down. And then it's just 
a matter of comboing and then like doing it alongside the other junk. And like each like monster is going to have like a different way to like tackle with that weapon. But like, you know, you can learn the mechanics of a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I would say like, it's not the most complicated game in the world, despite there being a pretty heavy learning curve. But the, the thing that matters most is the fact that it's basically boss rush the game, right? Like it's, the whole point of the game is that you are facing off on these big ass bosses and the fact that there's only two of them here is like, okay, yeah, you get a good feel for those two. You learn their animations, you learn their attack patterns, blah, 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 blah. It's cool. But like, yeah, I don't know, but it's tough to say if, cause I, I think what's there is good. And I think fans of the series will probably be into it, but I, I don't know if it's enough for me to drop a full price, full price on it yet. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Uh, I'm going to wait for the PC version if I play it at all. Sure. Uh, I was originally in on playing this game just because there's sort of thin releases for the next few months. Um, But now that I have like two decades, three decades worth of Falcom games that I would like to play. You've got plenty of backlog. I've got plenty. (laughs) So I'm going to wait, I think, until there's a PC version for sure. There there was it was as part of the big leak. Um, they, uh, there was, it leaked that there was a PC version coming for this game. Uh, so I would like to play it though. It it looks really nice for a switch game. I'll say yes. From what I've seen, it's very impressive. Yeah, it looks great. And it runs well from what I've seen. Yeah. The frame, the frame rate has been super solid. Like, which is, I would say I didn't, I didn't have any dips. So that was really cool. Um, I think there's something appealing to me. I am someone who is, I tried to play think try um and then one other monster hunter game and i liked them but didn't get deep on them and then i played world i played most of the world base game i still haven't come back to ice world iceborne um Mm -hmm. there is something about i think world is obviously a huge improvement in just about every way over this sort of previous style of monster hunter games. Sure. But there's something about the complexity of worlds environments and like the density of like stuff happening in the environments that I found overwhelming. And I kind of like the simplicity of the older monster hunter levels. Um, so rise has a certain appeal to me because I think, sorry, what? I'm not participating in this sick, this, 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 this sick joke that has fooled people into thinking that the game was actually called <laughs> Risei. Um, but, but fun. I think it has some um, appeal to me because like getting back to that, like incorporating some of the newer mechanics from world into a game that's a little simpler visually is actually kind of appealing to me um, as a way to kind of get, to try to get back into it and then maybe jump over to world and, and play, play through the rest of world. Sure. Yeah. Cause like I played three ultimate, I think mm-hmm. that was the yeah, one that was on, I think we and stuff, I think. Yeah. I think I, I played that I, one. Yeah. It's been a long time, but yeah, I played three ultimate and then I jumped into world and I probably put like seven or eight hours into world and then just kind of fell off. So like, I don't know, it's, it's a series where it seems like you either are super hot on it or you just kind of fall off. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. 
the appeal of anymore. I find myself, this is flies in the face of playing all these Falcom games. So I guess that's an exception to this. Actually, there's three modes for me. Either I want relatively short narrative, heavy games um, Mm -hmm. that are not super long. Um, Things like, I don't know, like a wide ocean, big jacket, but, but that's that they don't have to be borderline visual novels necessarily. It can be a game with more mechanics than that. Um, The coma. Yeah. And even something like, I I really want to get back and play Hellblade this year the first Hellblade. Oh, sure. That's a game that's like six hours long. Right. And, um, Uh, around six to 10. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little more than that. Uh, but a a relatively short two or three sittings game that is, um, might, might be a action game might have mechanics, but, but is, is narrative focused or I want Hitman, call of duty style stuff where you can replay the same content over and over and over again and find new ways to approach it and enjoy it. Whether that's a multiplayer game or a game like Hitman. And Monster Hunter definitely falls into that category. Um, sure. And um, or I want to do stuff like this Falcom Dive, where I'm picking up a series and playing through the whole series and devoting a bunch of time to it. But I'm like, I guess what I'm saying is I'm less enthused this year by like I want to play Valhalla, but I'm not in a headspace right now where I really want like open world games that take 80 hours to play that are a mix of that maybe have 30 hours of narrative and then 40 to 50 hours of running around and, and fighting stuff. Um, mm. That's sort of not where my brain is at right now. I'm finding myself much more in the mode of like, give me a monster hunter where I can do uh, the same content, but it's interesting to play it over and over again. Uh, I think the thing that is going to kill rise for me is that I, I talked about this on another podcast? Total Monsters, at least so far announced, is forty-one. When you compare that to Iceborne, that has a ninety-four, and that was like it was still like sixty in World, and then a hundred and twenty-nine in Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, I like having that massive variety, and like a lot of yeah. that is like color variations, but there are still a lot of like individual unique monster types and i like without that it's hard for me to want to like put the time in without like the if i'm just gonna be fighting the same like six monsters and then some variations on like yeah those then it's like eh. i really wish they would put out generations ultimate on pc it's it's just it's the old version so they're like, i know oh, it's, i know but they they put those out on like wii u um when they were doing them so yeah but i it wasn't was generations a 3ds game that they ported to I, the switch i think I, it was yeah. generation like the ultimate yeah so it's, it's not even they didn't even double cross they didn't even port it to switch it's oh no yeah, it, they, they did okay cool so it was ult it was generations yeah, yeah, yeah. or double cross in japan and then they put it out when they did ultimate was I a would, switch version. i guess i'd be willing to play it on switch if it's runs well and looks good it would just be nice to have something that is like the culmination of that entire of the old style of game. Yeah. And that, and that would be ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. That would be generations ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you want to try this for free, totally worth, uh, downloading yeah. the demo just to see what it's like. Yeah. I have the demo installed. I haven't gotten around to playing it. I know I'd like it. The demo spending time with the demo would more be like 
oh yeah, this is fun because I like yeah. the combat in Monster Hunter a lot. Uh, honestly, yeah, part I'm, of my I'm issue I'm not going to gain anything by playing the demo. Part of my issue with World Two, which I talked about years ago, was it's I have to get in a really specific headspace for it because watching those monsters get hurt and limp away was actually really oh, sure. upsetting to me. <laughs> um, there's something about the lower fidelity of the older style monster art that made that feel less bad. But when you would hit some of those monsters and they would like get injured and, and get upset and run away, I was like, wow, I feel like a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> and it made it difficult for me to get through that game. Some of the monsters, like the weird skin cat thing, it's like, no, 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 this thing should die. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, um, I can totally yeah. see that. Uh, I, th- if you're into monster hunter and board games, you can check out the Kickstarter for primal, the awakening, <laughs> which I might end up spending a, a way too much fucking money on. <laughs> that sounds like a stick and rock, like early access game. I know the name isn't good, but it's the game looks really good. I watched some playthroughs of it and it's a monster hunter board game and <laughs> looks fucking fantastic and it has a co-op like it's co-op and it has a campaign mode where you kill the monsters and if you kill them in certain ways you get different crafting materials and you can upgrade your gear in between hunting sessions so if you have if you are into making bad financial decisions and like monster hunter and board games (laughs) it's there for you hey what else are you gonna do with that Stimulus money. Uh, I could save it or pay off a credit card. You could buy games the responsible things to do with it. You buy GameStop stock. Yeah, you could buy some Bitcoin. Joe Biden, send every American two thousand Bitcoin. Look to the future. Yeah, totally. And also tank Bitcoin in the process. (laughs) Oh, it'll do that itself. Don't worry. It's on its way. Well, that was uh, all you needed to know about Alex's hole. Yep. Now uh, we're going to look to the future and talk about the news. Is that the future? The future of last week. (laughs) Last week's future. Today. Exactly. That's our promise. Um, (laughs) So... Uh, the most recent news story, which we'll just get into right now, is sure. Microsoft um, doing a, as of late, I would say, un, uh, uncharacteristic move, where they just did something that everyone hated so much that they immediately had to reverse course. <laughs> I, is it uncharacteristic? As of late, always, I would say. Remember, I was going to say, remember the always online and the... Oh, yeah, yeah, thing? yeah. But, like, I'd say in the last, like, you know, they have, like... Yeah, you in know, the last maybe few Maybe they show like a they're game doing, like, a classic that doesn't Microsoft. look great. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're doing a... It's they're doing Microsoft a, throwback. A Don Matrick. Yeah. It's a, it's a Don Matrick. It's Microsoft with real sugar. Freaky Friday. <laughs> it's Freaky Friday with Phil Spencer and Don Matrick. Uh, I... So... I, well, I, here, let's say what happened, and then yeah. we can get into our thoughts on it. So uh, Friday, Microsoft announced that the price of Xbox Live Gold 
would mm-hmm. essentially be doubling uh, from $60 a year up to $120 per year. Uh, yep. or, you know, six months for $60. So not even the, like a the, discount this, for buying uh, like a full year. And this was after they got rid of the year long subscription. Yes. So, so everyone maybe was assuming, this was only six month cards. It, it maybe was, that was the thing. Yeah. It, yeah. But people were, people were assuming that when you, um, or sorry, when they got rid of the 12 month cards that they were just going to do away with Xbox live gold in, in general. Yeah. So when this news hit, it would, and it's like the prices have literally doubled, everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, and uh, at the at that time, uh, you require like you required Xbox Live to play any game, like free to play, so Fortnite, free to play, uh, yep. yeah, uh, Apex Legends, whatever, required Xbox Live Roblox? Gold. Whereas, sure, is that on Xbox? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> They have Goku in that game. I don't know. Um, and God. but compare that to like PlayStation or Nintendo, where you can play those games without an online subscription, or PC, or, or the same yeah, thing. PC. You don't need yeah. an online subscription to play those games. Um, it it looked real weird, and everyone was like, "Excuse me." Yeah. And uh, Microsoft late in the evening on Friday. Uh, change course and said you're right we heard you uh i'm trying well, to get it removed it's, it, it's, <laughs> how it do i delete within, a trending <laughs> it, it was within like 12 hours I, i'm not owned like, i'm not owned <laughs> yeah like it was it was a very fast turnaround and it, it had people kind of like questioning was this a publicity stunt which yeah, they had later, sent out no. like cards to retailers with like the six months for sixty dollars like I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what happened here. This was like, it, it feels to me like they did it on purpose. I wonder, I wonder if what they were, but so you could, so you could do this like on purpose, but with like, say, Hey, starting in March is going to go up and not send out actual cards. (laughs) Um, I, I think uh, the um, the thing, one thing that I could see having happened um, is the plan was hike up the price on Xbox Live Gold and then eliminate Xbox Live Gold after they run through those cards and transfer everyone's time over to Xbox Live or Game Pass Ultimate or whatever. Game Pass, yeah. But the argument being internally, we can't just give everyone who currently has Xbox live game pass for the rest of their time. Cause the money doesn't work out. We need to up, we need to get them to buy six months of time at $60 for that to like work financially. And then miscalculating on the fact that people were going to see through it and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's the only thing I can see having occurred where they earnestly thought that people were going to spend $60 on six months of Xbox live gold. Um, yeah. In 2021. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, like we're at the point where Xbox Live Gold should not like and PlayStation Plus should not be required for like multiplayer because um, like with PC, you don't need like any extra subscription service. Now we're doing so much crossplay stuff that like, yes, they need infrastructure like, you know, Sony especially needs like infrastructure stuff in place to like help build their stuff, but make a compelling 
service that isn't just this is the only way you can play games online on the like com- your call of duty or whatever the compelling service is game pass but i get that it's but that's that's if you don't want to if you know if all you're playing is Fortnite and roblox yes. and apex or whatever then you know you don't necessarily want game pass yeah like <laughs> i think it it's sucks. a sticky situation for them to figure out how to get through also um this well, is just very it's a, funny it's a it's a sticky situation for them of their own making well yeah yeah but i mean it's all about how do you we're hitting a weird an interesting time where it's like how do you sunset services that have existed for a really long time and merge them That's or true. change them over to new services that are better um yeah. and it's a tough question i don't really know what the answer is for yeah. that um people should have bought xbox all access where you got a bunch of game pass on xbox live time and then when it became xbox live ultimate or game pass ultimate they just merged it together (laughs) all that time uh yeah i don't know um before the next story uh this is just a tangent that's very funny i won't it'll only take a second roblox made me think of it I'm not going to get into it, but I've been playing historical war games as well with people. And a lot of the people that I've been playing with came to the the war game. We're currently playing from a Roblox mod about Napoleonic warfare called blood and iron. (laughs) Okay. I saw video footage of this and it's Roblox characters with muskets fighting in a field going. Ooh, Yes. Is Roman Reigns there? <laughs> no. Napoleon was there, Goku though. There. He was on Goku a horse. There. He was riding you, around on a horse. You should really play more Psychonauts. Sure. That, 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 I, I promise that's relevant. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> the character's name is Napoleon, right? It's more so than that, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a whole, there's a whole Napoleon thing. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Now I'm just looking at guest characters in Roblox. Uh, Tim Schafer did there? say that he has finished the final piece of writing for uh, Psychonauts 2. Wow, so cool, cool. It'll presumably be out this year. <laughs> believe. I hope that I'm looking forward to that. But uh, our next news story, speaking of strange decisions that no one can understand and disappointed many people. Once again, Activision crushing dreams and announcing that Vicarious Visions is now being merged with Blizzard and will be focused entirely on Blizzard projects. Uh, Vicarious Visions being the team that brought us Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, the remaster last year, which everyone loved. It was well-regarded, highly praised, and... This is basically, does Vicarious Visions even exist like as a brand name anymore? No, like they, said studio the, name? they said they're all okay. Blizzard employees now. Blizzard now. Activision yeah, Blizzard. Okay. That sucks. Like, I really hope it just, like, that's a studio that could do really cool things on their own if they wanted. Like, if Activision would give them the resources. But now it feels like they're going to get the Raven treatment where, you know, they're just going to be making Overwatch maps or whatever. Because, like, Raven just makes Call of Duty maps. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which sucks because Raven was amazing. Yeah, I I think it's I try to be careful talking about this because I'm certainly not taking a pro Activision stance here. Um, because Activision 
is a corporation and corporations only exist to make money for their shareholders. There are no good corporations. Um, but, uh, like <laughs> it's so hard to know what this, the conversations about this were like internally. Um, it's unlikely that vicarious visions is a monolith. There's like 200 people at that studio. So there's, it's, it's unlikely that there's a consent. There was a consensus among them. But I saw some people comparing it to the Campo Santo acquisition where it's like, oh, Campo Santo made cool shit and then they just got folded into Valve and now they're just in Valve's black box. But if you listen to Idle Thumbs, what you would understand is that making Half-Life is like a thing that that at least the dudes on Idle Thumbs would, I mean, that's like career defining for them. Like they, the, the Campo Santo acquisition is sad that we didn't get Valley of the Gods or whatever, but it sounds like something that was like hugely a huge personal thing for those people to work at Valve and work on Valve games because they love them. Um, the Valve thing is just weird because they put out so little, like yeah, in terms of games. I, it's and not like, a direct Half Life It's just what so. I think. I think my point more largely is broadly is that the like gaming press and like fans of games tend to hear about stuff like this and go like this fucking sucks. Cause I didn't want it because I wanted them to do more Tony Hawk and I like the crash remakes. So it's shitty that this happened because now I don't get the things that I want when it's like, we just don't know what if, if, if 120 people out of that 200 person studio really fucking wanted to work at blizzard before they even worked at vicarious visions, maybe it's a great move for them. It's, it's hard to, and then I also don't know that the cynicism, not that I'm saying you're doing this, Alex, but I've seen a lot of like, now they're just going to make fucking overwatch skins. We don't know that. We don't know what's the positions of those people are going to be. So I think it's like, like it's, think there's every possibility that it's very shitty, but I think, yeah, we just don't know internally what I, those moves are like. I think the cynicism comes from Activision's track record, which is not very good. And blizzards um, lately, or I guess they're the same company, but like the, yeah, the blizzard like, br- branch. Right. But that's like specifically why Raven comes up is because that was a really promising studio. Like you look at all the games they made, like all the way back to like Jedi Academy and stuff like that. Like they were making really cool stuff. Um, <clears throat> but now they're just relegated to like, like literally just call duty maps. Like singularity was such a cool game and like they should be making more stuff like that. But now all of that talent is all the talent walked out the door. Like if you read accounts of what happened to Raven, like most of the people who worked on those games, they just left. So like, it's not like I, we can't speak for the people who um, are, or were at vicarious visions because we don't know, but I like valve has a more sterling track record. Almost. I would say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Whereas Activision kind of has the reputation of being, extremely yeah. shitty so like i think that's where the cynicism comes from but if hey uh, yeah. those people are into it and they want to work on like maybe they'll end up doing some diablo stuff awesome but it's i guess to, say. to me it's like from the cynical shitty perspective which is probably accurate it's kind of like well you know like if my company got acquired by amazon i'd have to write about usb hubs so it like it happens so much across industries that it's another example of like we should stop say this is really fucking shitty that this happens. And this is a thing happening across industries. And we really like (laughs) 
join the fight against capitalism, baby. It's more my message to people who are pissed off about this, who are not already thinking about these kinds of things in larger terms, because this is happening every day to companies all over the place. And it sucks that it happens. Um, And then on the same, but at the same time, it's like, it's hard to know what the people at vicarious. I mean, there's this, a few friends have come to me and said like, well, I know that they were passionate about Tony Hawk because that game is so good. But I mean, it could be that 120 people at that studio were like, we have to do another fucking remake, but they're really good at their jobs. So they made a great remake. It's just so hard to know what is going on internally there. And to me, that's the like angle where I go, man, fuck Activision and fuck Blizzard is it would be great for more transparency when this kind of shit happens where Maybe you could we'll know what they're at BlizzCon and they'll be like, and here's what <laughs> vicarious visions is making. Yeah. I don't uh, think that they're <laughs> going to be retaining some kind of identity. I'm sure they're yeah, just no, getting folded I, into blizzard. And I'm sure some of the people that work at vicarious visions will be making overwatch skins, yeah. but it's interesting to me that there's like people immediately jump to, and that sucks when it's like, well, there's people who, in their free time do art of overwatch characters. Yeah. So you never know. Some of the people that are going to those jobs may think making overwatch skims is a dream job. I don't, I don't know. So where it's like where I kind of fall on is, you know, I'm glad they're keeping jobs and not just getting yeah, laid off, true. you know, cause Activision sure. can do that. But yeah, it sucks in terms of the like, if it sucks it's, for us. Know, what, it, <laughs> one less studio means yeah. like it. It's not like sudden. This is. It doesn't mean like there's a new Blizzard game being created. Like they're gonna get folded into other teams. Like it's just one less game or like one less studio that Activision has making stuff. Um and like especially after they laid off so many people like in the last yeah. two years or whatever, and they're like, oh, we have to staff back up. Like, well, are you fucking kidding me? Um. So it it sucks from the like diversity of like what is being created and like studios out there. And then I also saw some people speculating, like, does this mean that whatever Blizzard is working on overwatch Two, Diablo four, is that stuff in like a bad spot? And they're like, we need to bring in more people, but like also why fold them in? Is it just like, would it look bad if they had like, from Blizzard and Vicarious Visions, is that like not kosher? I don't like, think that's how Blizzard does things. Yeah, I think that's totally so maybe that's the it. issue. And I think it sucks. Uh, I don't think that they yeah. should. Yeah. I think they should. I think in a perfect world, if they needed support, they would have said, "Hey, Vicarious Visions is working with Blizzard on this on Overwatch 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would have yeah. been the much more um, friendly way to go about it. Uh, like, because uh, Bungie, like uh, Vicarious Visions, did a lot of their um, expansion stuff. Like the, like the smaller ones, not the mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. like beyond, beyond Light type stuff, or like the Taken Kings type stuff. But uh, uh, to the, I think that Blizzard is a. I bet they're a mess right now. I, I don't. I bet over. I, my suspicion is that Overwatch Two is, and Diablo Four are both very much in. Was Overwatch Two announced when like Overwatch League was still like hot shit? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. And. But Overwatch, I don't know if Overwatch two ha- or like Overwatch has like I know like because of the pandemic, obviously there's no events. I don't know what the esports scene with Overwatch is right now. Overwatch two sounds like a map pack. 
it's is got, the you know, it's got like the single player. It has or the like, co-op, like new, but yeah, the co-op and like the new, um, like new characters and stuff like that. But yeah, but that was something that was still coming to Overwatch almost up until when they released or when they announced Overwatch Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a but new like character a new, came out at that BlizzCon, yeah, I think. But like, uh, like a new like swath, and not just like here's one. It'll be like I assume it's like here's like I a think new it's like, like here's four characters, maybe. I don't, I don't think it's like and a then new, like going forward to like because new characters going forward, but because it's all tracks back to Overwatch one too. Yeah, so you don't have to yeah. if you don't buy Overwatch two, you don't get the new characters, but you get the new maps and the and you can play with those new characters and stuff yeah. like that so, against yeah. that with other people playing that, yeah. So I bet my suspicion is that Overwatch 2 is the kind of thing that it's like Blizzard's going, this doesn't feel like a sequel. And there's probably people mm-hmm. internally that are not happy with that because that's, yeah. again, not how Blizzard does things. And I don't know. But they've also like positioned it as not a sequel, as just like an expansion. So like yes. well, calling it Overwatch 2 is also like a weird thing. Yeah. My only hope for Overwatch 2, because I like Overwatch, um, I just hope that if they that they get away from loot boxes and take some notes from Call of Duty on how to do cosmetic progression. If they do that, I'll play a bunch of Overwatch too, even if it is just an expansion. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just I can't get excited about Overwatch anymore. Like I, I liked it when it came out, and then I you know I fell off, and I, I just it you know it was well made. I have no desire to go back. Diablo Four to me has always seemed like a game that they have to make, not a game that they want to make. At least Diablo Immortal sounds like it's good for what it is. Yeah, they didn't make it, though. Oh, yeah, I guess it's it's contracted out. Yeah, it's a Chinese company that made it. Um, It sounds cool, but uh, it's it's not not a Blizzard game. Um, And the the stuff that they have shown of D4 is definitely like, wow, that looks awesome. Like, my friend group is really excited for Diablo 4, but I have a... Sneaking suspicion that as cool as like the skill trees and shit look, it's not in a great place in terms of is this fun to play? Um, and I hope I'm wrong. It's never been fun to play. Well, eh, Diablo 2 is cool. I think it's overrated for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll go so far as to say it's not fun to play. Uh, I think that the series is a little overrated though. Um, well, yeah, that was, that was a nice long chat about Blizzard and Vicarious Visions. And I want to make uh, it clear too, I'm, I'm in support of the people at Vicarious Visions more yeah. than anything. So yeah. it, I don't, I don't want to try to like downplay or minimize the degree to which it sucks. It's just, I'm just trying to point out that as fans, we often assume things about oh, yeah. studios and people it's, that we don't know the answers to. So yeah, it's pure suspicion. We have, yeah. no, we don't actually know what's going on internally. Totally. Um, Next up, we did talk a little bit about Valve. And speaking of, Gabe Newell, Gaben, says Valve has more games in development and announcements will be coming. Yeah. What do we think they got? Um, I think think In the Valley of the Gods is still coming. I think it's just a work on it when you want to. I mean, Valve's structure seems to be pretty slide your desk around yep. you want to you want to you want to write dota lore for a week go talk to brad mirror you want to work <laughs> on half-life for a week <laughs> the door is open yeah. uh it's interesting do, i don't know do like, well i i can only ask pat this because half-life three 
Oh yeah, that's you kidding me? I bet we're going to be playing that in, in three years. I think. Huh. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I wonder. Like, I wonder if it's going to be about games that we aren't playing. As in, like, I wonder if it's going to be stuff like we're going to do a new Counter Strike. We're going to do a new t- Team Fortress. Like, because I don't think, like, because they they care about their their esportsy stuff like dota i don't think they're gonna make a dota 3 like i don't see why they would no uh but like i could see a team fortress 3 coming out and being something i feel like yeah. they need they need to deuce like maybe they don't I, like no one uses source anymore like they did like source 2 or something right like they, did. they, yeah. they did like the new version of source but like even uh even like uh respawn was using like 1.6 for titanfall <laughs> titanfall yeah, 2 he- heavily heavily like modi- yeah, yeah modified but uh you know um no one really maybe they don't care cuz you know they've got like steam and they're like a massive store but you know if they were like hey we're going to like make an engine showcase game like how epic would do with like gears of war or you know whatever well, um i would say half life alex is an engine showcase game though like yeah like, maybe but yeah. the, the the thing about source was uh the physics right like that's what half life yeah. 2 was all about and it had all those stupid cinder block puzzles and the, the mm-hmm. teeter totter seesaws whatever you call them yeah. uh where and like half life alex i haven't played it i want to but i don't have a vr set um like it had like the fluid dynamic stuff. Like you could pick up the bottles and like all that. Yeah, that like, was all just they, a shader. <laughs> right. But like, that's fine. Like, yeah. like that kind of technology is stuff that people can use in an engine. And that's what they're like. Yeah. That's what those games are doing. And they're also showcasing like, Hey, you can do this with VR. So like they are still kind of making engine showcasey stuff. Just it feels yeah. like engines across the spectrum have just gotten so much better. Like even unity, which was tiny uh, ten years ago is huge now, and it does yeah. everything uh, you can. Hearing want. people talk about is seeing devs talk about Unity on Twitter just makes it sound like the worst thing in the world right now. But yeah, uh, it, like they like they're all very capable like programs and engines and machines. Right. Yeah, yeah, like it, it is a capable engine. It can suck to work in. Yeah. That's <laughs> those those are mutually exclusive. I would say yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the I if. My understanding of how Valve works, and I don't have any deeper insight than anybody else, um, but my understanding is that there's like probably documents on a file share server that say Left 4 Dead 3, Half-Life 3, Counter-Strike Global Offensive 2, Team Fortress 3. Like, I'm sure that those, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that people have thought about things, those things, and written about them and thought and like put serious thought into them in some capacity. And it's more like, is this the thing that we're feeling is hot right now that we want to push on? And I would speculate that they don't need to make another Counter-Strike ever again. I think they could probably add stuff to Counter-Strike Go forever. Um, Same with Dota 2. Like They're both kind of platforms at this point. Exactly. Um, And people who play those games don't really care about visuals. So they don't need a huge visual update. I suspect a team fortress three will come eventually because that seems like the kind of game that like team fortress two was so popular and it's, I know people still play it, but it, it went from being like a ubiquitous, like it went from being a sort of thing like league of legends where like I could always find people any time of day, any day of the week would be up for playing a game of team fortress two. Um, and I think maybe, 
TF3 played, will happen because I played of that. so much Team Fortress 2 on that's a great school. game. That was like it's, all it's, I it did. It is a really fantastic good game. game. Yeah. Uh, Sam mentions in our chat Dota 2 2. <laughs> oh, it's a ballet game. <laughs> what they've done it is the thing is about Dota 2 is they've actually made like two wow. more games. They've made oh, totally. Two, I mean, Dota 2, they're basically on like Dota 4.5 now. They just yeah. don't ever change the name yeah. of it. Because like, the league is they, the same they, way. Yeah. Totally. They have their, their patches, like you have like your six point whatevers. And then when they moved it to seven point whatever, they changed a ton of it. And now I don't, are they on eight point whatever? I don't know. But I don't know. Like, I haven't yeah, they're looked constantly at the client in a long time. But yeah. But there's one property we haven't been talking about. And I don't know why, because it was so popular. Portal. I oh. don't think they need to yeah. make another one. Like, I, like, no. I think it, yeah, it's, I, I think outside of Half-Life, like Half-Life 3 or, you know, whatever they call it, like a sequel to Half-Life 2, episode 2, mm-hmm. and, um, sure. a, like, so outside of that and maybe like a Team Fortress 3, I think they need to do new IP. Like, I'm sure. Like, so my suspicion is that, look, Valve has fucking they're the company more than anybody else who can afford to say we're going to blow 50 million dollars on a vr game even though it's not going to make its money back just because we can and i suspect that there will there is new ip coming that fills in in that space some because they want to justify people's purchases of indexes basically yeah (laughs) and the only game that really does that right now is is half-life um from what I've heard, that Walking Dead game is really, really good. Uh, Saints and Sinners. So I, it's mm-hmm. like AAA quality, really, really well done. Um, but but anyway, I think that, that that's they're probably looking at the VR space for some new IP. And I, I think that in the Valley of the Gods game will come out. I really do. It might take five years. So. but I just hope they pull away like from... Uh, I hope they give an option for those of us who went, you know what, I don't need this VR headset or you know whatever. Because especially with how like the quest is overwhelmingly becoming like the, <laughs> like the quest two is overwhelmingly becoming like the popular thing. And yeah. people are going, wait, what do you mean? I can't play PC VR on this because my PC is a potato um, is like, but they, they should, you know, um, make stuff that makes index owners feel good about their purchase. But also I'll be pissed if half-life three is at VR. Only. No, I don't think it will be. With how no spoilers, but with how Half Life Alex ends, it is impossible to me. I mean, inconceivable. It is inconceivable that they that they are not working on Half Life Three, and I know that that was true of Half Life Two Episode Two as well. But at the time that Half Life Two Episode Two was developed, there was clearly intent to continue making them. It just yes. fell away. It, it got it got away from them. And so for them to come back to Half-Life with this incredible VR game and end it the way that they do and then do it again would be like, there's no, I don't believe with the slate of people who are working there now, when you look at people like the Campo people and Brad Muir and like people who have voiced passion for Half-Life as fans in the past, I don't think that they're going to let it fall away again. I think it'll be, like I said, I'm guessing three years before we play it, but because I mean, at some point, like you know, they've got to put something like they're putting out hats for TF2, and a lot of those are community created. They're putting out like Dota skins and like you know patches for that. 
CSGO then, gets pretty heavy development, yeah. I'll say. Okay. But I can't believe that those people that are working, the, I don't think the Half-Life people and the CSGO people are necessarily the same people, you know? Yeah. Well, like, yeah. In terms and of like, what interests you as a developer. Yeah. It's not like Valve is a small company. Like, you know, they're, they're a big company. They have a few hundred employees, yeah. Yeah, like, they're... It would be like it would be weird if all of those people were only working on like support for around, like continuing dev for what they already have out around so, four hundred employees. Yeah, uh, so pretty big. The there's a I mean I'm not joking when I say this. There is continued development on Dota Underlords and and yeah. uh, Artifact also. Um, yeah. Oh, I yeah, so artifact, I don't right. like those teams. Don't they're probably they got to be small, right? Big. Like yeah. twenty twenty people maybe. Um, like yeah, and, and we know they're not moderating Steam. No, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Is that I'm sure that a quarter of those people maybe are support staff for Steam, but yeah, I can't imagine that's most of the company. So I'm sure that they're working on stuff. And if anything, the, Valve is an example of a company they should moderate Steam better. So certainly, yeah. I'm not trying to like white knight them, but I think it's awesome that they're this black box that i mean good for them like hire crazy talented people and have them work on whatever because when projects do finally trickle out they're incredible i mean they they kick big butt there's they're the best i can't think of a valve release that isn't an example of the best of its genre at the time it comes out like i can't I don't know. Artifact to me, I mean, is I think you can make an, and is definitely, I, th- uh, I, th- I think you can make an argument that mechanically it was the best digital card game when it came out. Um, okay. but, but, okay, but I mean, but, it just but, but fell real. flat. Ricochet. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> That's the only one uh, I can think of. I don't know. How long ago was that? That was from like the nineties, yeah. right? Uh, no, it came out around the same time as half-life two, I think. Okay. So 2004. Uh, sure. Um, looking it up but yeah i don't know like it i if, oh no it's 2000 if we have to wait another four years to play another game and it's as good as half-life alex then i can live with that <laughs> yeah totally uh yeah did, uh, there are there are developers that take longer to put out their games and stuff it's not like they're but like this when they do it's never what you want <laughs> like it's always like they put out a lot of little stuff like you know they did like artifact like artifact took a lot of work because like creating like a card game is a lot of work and like the balance and stuff in it's there a, but, yeah like but like in terms like yeah relatively simple in terms of well, like and niche too it's, it's not like they, you know you don't have like huge environments to create right, right. no and, like, I, I see what you're saying yeah that kind of sure. thing like they they put out the lab right yeah they, like that was just kind of a weird little esoteric it's like yeah thing. yeah yeah uh they put out something else did they make that Portal Bridge Simulator, or did they? Do you think they? No, that was they not showing up on. It it's, up. Yeah, it's not on their Steam thing. That that's yeah. just the bridge, the bridge builder people or whatever, because they just, just they did like a Walking Dead bridge builder. Oh, okay, <laughs> like what? Yeah. yeah, but like, but yeah, stuff like, like it has the lab, some interesting mechanics. Like the, the lab thing that has like it's a smaller project that probably a very small team put together and just put out there. Like, I, yeah, I would love to see them doing more experimental stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just Anyways. get out of the VR stuff. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but yeah, keep doing the VR stuff. But make yeah, make more stuff. Uh, all right. Speaking of, we could. I don't. I, I don't even know. Uh, 
Capcom did an event for <laughs> Resident Evil 8 Village uh-huh. where the, this year, I guess, is the 25th anniversary of Resident Evil as a game franchise or as a franchise. And they were showing off the, like, the first gameplay like segments and not just like a trailer. Um, I kind of skimmed through like I, I'm going to play that game. I don't need to watch anything. Same. Yeah, I didn't I didn't but, watch it because I'm going to play it. So, but they there's a demo out for PS5 only. What the fuck? Like, sorry, Andre. Nobody owns nobody owns a PS5. What the fuck are they doing? Uh, apparently, it's really short, so I think they know that nobody owns but, it, so they didn't waste too much time on it. Well, the demo's really short, but you know what's not really short? The uh, lady. vampire lady with the boobs. Yeah. She's cool. <laughs> She's a cool hat. Crazy I like her hat. hat. Yeah. Uh, everybody is horny for the vampire I, lady. I'm not Every, particularly everyone. I'm not particularly horny for the vampire lady. I think she's Everyone. cool. And I, I understand why people are horny for her and I support it, but I'm going to give you two more holes. I've enjoyed on your neck. <laughs> I've enjoyed more case in point. I've enjoyed more people's horniness over <laughs> vampire lady than I yeah. have the vampire yeah. lady herself. It's been really funny. It's been really funny to watch just uh, the amount of like, I love that like a bubbling beneath the surface of gaming Twitter have been a lot of like, I think mostly joking, but like if you go into streamers, uh, like mentions and stuff, you'll see things like step on me, vore me, things like that. <laughs> and I appreciate that. That's just fully broken through into main gaming Twitter with the introduction of tall vampire lady. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of people wanting to be crushed by the vampire lady. <laughs> it's just and, and also to the, me. the vampire lady's subordinates, apparently. Yeah. And, and I'm definitely not kink shaming. Uh, I, but it's, it's wow. been funny to see. Um, yeah. So that uh, demo out now game is out in May. I, I forget so, exactly like May 22nd so. or something. Let's look it up. I believe it's May 22nd. I kind of want to play the demo, even though I have it's, seven so other Resident Evil games to play first. Well, it's not from, it's not from, uh, like the game. It's like a separate thing, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, it's the same kind of thing they did with Resident Evil seven, where the demo itself is like the demo is a separate thing. And like, it takes place in the, you know, in a section of Resident Evil eight or village, but mm. it's like you're playing, you're not playing the main character. Yeah. Uh, May 7th, 2020. No, 7th. Okay. Well, it's a whole yeah. two weeks earlier than I thought. Yeah. That's good. Um, and I look forward coming... to hearing you talk about that game and arguing for it at Game of the Year. <laughs> I hope. Uh, I hope. Because <laughs> I was yeah, let down last yeah. time. Um, all, part of the reason I might have been let down was because they put out a multiplayer game called Resident Evil Resistance last year, uh, along with Resident Evil 3. And, that you know, sucks. I think, I think uh, it was a co-op, like it was an ace, uh, ace, asymmetric, like 4v1. Uh, but this, uh, this year, they're, they're doing away with that. Instead, they're putting out a six-player deathmatch game like third person you play as like characters like leon and claire and uh papa joe is papa joe uh the papa daddy John. from uh 
daddy from Resident Evil 7 and like uh, Nemesis and like all that stuff in like in a deathmatch in places like Raccoon City Police Department. If what it is is like a third person MOBA, I'll fucking try that. Like, but it's like it's it's just like six people in a deathmatch. It's like Jack. Maybe there are maybe there are Jack Baker. There we go. Jack. Yeah. if there maybe there are like objective type things like it wasn't super clear from what they showed but i was like they should make it doing this super again. they should make it super fucking complicated and like if you queue as nemesis that's one you don't get any teammates if you queue mm-hmm. as like certain characters then you get one other teammate and then some characters join a three person team just make it really convoluted so that like you never know what you're going to be facing when you queue is is Ada Wong good or bad? Uh, I don't know that it. Is in it doesn't the game. sound like I, it matters if you're good or bad. It's just everyone fair. is against everyone. Everybody's um, here, and everyone's right, you enough. know like everyone's got like different abilities. So like Jack has like a chainsaw, um, whereas other characters have you know guns. I mean, or, like, I fucking love that kind of stuff. stuff. Obviously, so sure. Uh, it I. I don't know. Um, I'm way more interested micro, in it than, Capcom, than but the co-op thing. Like the I people want them to do like outbreak, like bring back outbreak. Um no, it doesn't they don't. Uh, there uh, there has been <laughs> they, a resurgence they, of outbreak they think support. They do. There there has been a resurgence of outbreak support in the like people are playing it online like um it has actually gotten pretty popular. Uh, the idea have, of outbreak ever, is so much better than the game. Yeah, I was gonna say, have you ever played <laughs> outbreak? Because it's not very good. <laughs> I'm I'm just telling you what I've seen. Like people streaming fair, and fair. like it, like there has been a community that is like bubbled up around the outbreak games. Um, yeah. I mean. People, like Resident Evil streamers that I watch want them to do a new outbreak or re- like remaster outbreak one and I'm, two. Outbreak I'm not trying to be an three. asshole. I'm not trying to be an asshole here because Resident Evil is a series I still would love to like to have to have the gears catch and have it be a Kingdom Hearts for me one of these days mm-hmm. where I play all of the games and love them all. But the first game was great when it came out because it was so innovative and interesting. Mm-hmm. And then two and three have really cool concepts in them at times, but are not necessarily great to play. And then four was incredible. Maybe one of the best games, certainly one of the best games of its genre ever. It it defined the genre in a lot yes. of ways. Five. Mm, it's got good six, co-op. Yeah. But it's got a lot of problems oh, narratively yes, and gameplay yes, wise. No, yes, it's it's just got good co-op. Six is bad. It's yeah, got decent co-op. Yeah. Uh, and then like calling the monster the Hoobastank. Yeah. No, <laughs> I want to play six because it sounds like there's dumb shit in there that I want to see first. I'll play six Hoobastank. with you, but like, yeah, that sounds time, great. Time commitment is someday. Uh, is tough. Someday we should. Yeah. Um, when I'm on spring break, we'll we'll play six, <laughs> Resident Evil Six. Seven sounds great. For the most part. So like I guess what I'm the point I'm trying to make here is it's not like it's not like every game in the series is 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 a banger when it comes out in terms of gameplay. So it's usually that the concepts are so interesting and they 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 reach for cool weird shit. 
Do which I forgot, would rather see them do than you forgot than, Code Veronica, which is actually oh, oh, like uh, one of the best. <laughs> yeah, and also I've heard Revelations is really good. I um, I should play Revelations. That's what that, I haven't played. So so there's the clear book? obviously there's yeah there's there's more games. There's there's two of them. There's there's mm-hmm. like yeah there's two Revelations games and they're like apparently both really good. So I guess my point is just I they should keep reaching for doing weird dumb shit yeah they should make more they should make umbrella core 2 yeah like they they keep doing a lot of really dumb shit that nobody wants from resident evil until like like 10 years from now is what i'm saying (laughs) yeah 10 years people are gonna go like wait that was cool actually operation (laughs) raccoon city i was actually really excited for operation raccoon city then i never played it seemed like it could have been cool yeah i wanted to play it even when even when I found out it was bad, I wanted to play it. I was just at a point in my life when that game came out where I didn't have the income to buy bad yeah, games. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> now I can afford to buy bad games on premise because I want to try them, even though they're bad. And I mm-hmm. wish. That and you've got a bit more security. You're like, oh, wait, no, this is like bad and in a way yeah, that yeah, I don't for sure. want to engage with at all. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Resident Evil. And they're remaking yep. four again, right? Or like it sounded like they, it was maybe so, off the table. But they're the revisiting their plans. Uh, I, yeah. there was a, I don't know. There was a new story. I haven't looked at it, but it's not like they're reevaluating. Does the over, four they overhauled their plans? Does the four, I guess I would like to see better mouse and keyboard support for four. Um, that would be cool. Wii. Apparently that's the best version. The Wii yeah, version is amazing. Yeah. I played some of it on the Wii actually. It's actually, I think really that's good. the only place I played it now that I think about it. That's, that's I where I beat I, it the first time. Actually, I didn't finish it though. I got all the way to where it like the turn where things go fucking off the rails and the With Napoleon the giant statue. Kid. Oh, I don't remember the giant. Statue. I mean, when you're in the church okay. and stuff, uh, like the castle. Sure. Like, yeah. You, oh, yeah. you, you have not yet begun to, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. Stuff gets so weird. <laughs> uh, the, so but uh, yeah, it's, I I want, I should play a Resident Evil 2 remake on PC this year is what I should do because yeah, should. I want to play those games with a device where I'm good at aiming. <laughs> uh, sure. Because like we talked about with Resident Evil 2 remake the year it came out, my issue was purely that I was, I hate aiming I hate doing precision aiming with a controller and that mm-hmm. kind of killed my experience because I should be able to just shoot their legs like we've talked about and then have a good time with that game, but I couldn't do it because I'm bad at aiming with a controller. So so I'm looking at this story about Resident Evil 4 Remake and the rumors and like the scuttlebutt that is in this Video Game Chronicles story is that was it 2M game M2 uh, which was like a studio funded by Capcom made up of like a bunch of like ex platinum people uh, was heading the heading the development and then they got taken off the lead on it they're still like helping and supporting um, but they got taken off the lead because they wanted to stick very faithfully to Resident Evil 4 uh, partly mm-hmm. because of the Resident Evil 3 remake backlash yeah and this game has been in development since 2018 so like that probably like you know they were like oh well see Resident Evil three we gotta we gotta stick closer to what people expected and um, but Capcom is apparently the new production team is apparently while they're inspired by the original they want their own unique take on features story elements and environments not necessarily confined to the blueprint of the original 
so closer to Resident Evil 2 um, than just doing like a, hey, and here's the game remade with more modern sensibilities. Uh, hmm. So hopefully they, if they yeah. do that, um, 2023 is what the story says. If it's, you know, it might be, it might be delayed to then. But nothing official has been announced in any way. So, you know, you can't really delay stuff, but. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I'll play it. uh, It's, um, I I am generally excited for, like, a Resident Evil game that isn't, like, a co-op or, like, a multiplayer thing. I would love to see the Iron Maidens rendered in full fidelity. (laughs) Mm-hmm, sure because yeah, those, the, those the regenerators those mon- yeah like the all yeah the iron mains and the regenerators like those monsters are fucking crazy i just great. i just i want village to be the thing i want them to finally be like yeah we've said it's a virus all along but actually it's magic Ta-da, there's, <laughs> magic. there's werewolves this isn't metal gear solid there's no magic that's just the thing that's I don't know, it's a, such a bad hang up, but that's no, always there been the is thing. magic in Metal Gear Solid though. Yeah. That's always sure been is. the thing that causes my gears to slip on Resident Evil is it's just like, oh no, this is supernatural. It's bioterrorism, baby. It's all just biotech yeah. stuff. It's pseudo-science up the wazoo. I don't know why, but for some reason that makes me so much less interested in it. <laughs> well, uh god we're we're going long without even like trying to because we talked for so long about hitman um these last <laughs> this last little story it's or two really good quick, though yeah uh play dead uh, creators of limbo and inside has a new game in the works it's an open world third person sci-fi adventure adventure there's some screenshots that look mostly just like here's what we're going for with tone yeah so I think if Allison was here, she would have more to say about it because she's the Play Dead fan among us, really. I mean, I liked, I, I like I liked Inside. Yeah, I, uh, but, I didn't but really she's care like, for Limbo, but she's ultra into it. I would say. Um, yeah, I like uh, Limbo be, more than Inside. I think personally, yeah, I'd be interested in seeing what they're doing. I didn't particularly like Inside, but they're a great studio. Uh, and then I have no idea what this last news story: Jack, Mass Effect Two, pansexual, Fox News. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this came up about this. Yeah, this came up yesterday. Um, where essentially, it was revealed that in the original drafts and the original scripts and stuff like that, that Jack was actually a pansexual character and didn't matter uh, gender, whatever uh, you were. But they they reworked her into being a straight character because Fox News was getting all uh, uppity about getting into video game controversies, so oh, they I literally thought- changed it. I thought she's at least. Bo- Can you not romance her if you're playing as a woman? I don't believe so. No, I thought I you don't could. Think so. no. I haven't played it as much as most people, so I only played through that game once. So yeah, so people I, are I basically. Think it is, Can you even romance her in Mass Effect Two? I thought you couldn't in Mass I think Effect Two. So. So it was only Mass Effect Three. Mm. Couldn't you? Yeah, I don't know actually. But either way, like, um, people are saying that. Well, now that the Legacy or uh, Legend Collect, whatever the new collection that's coming out. Uh, that they're saying, oh, you guys should, you know, be a bit braver and actually make that the way it was supposed to be. So who knows? Yeah, I don't think that that's an option at this point. Those that it it was coming of the out in May of Mass or something. Effect one. It was because of the coverage of Mass Effect One, uh-huh. 
and like because they they were all like oh they got the sex scenes with the aliens yeah like well, i guess there's i don't know what's up yeah they've Cowards. they've said that the mass effect remake the legendary edition is supposed to come out sometime in the spring i doubt that they have time to add something that Story. substantial to it it would be cool though yeah uh it would be cool. I don't even I'm know su- how long they've been working on it. I only played <clears throat> Mass Effect 2 once through as a male character, and um, I assumed that you could romance her if you were playing as a woman, but I get so it's wild to me that you can't. I mean, I just looked and you cannot. Uh, she is yeah. does only have heterosexual romance options. So it, that would have been particularly jarring to me if I played that game and tried to romance her as a woman and not been able to, because she, seem, she seems to be written as a pansexual character, even if the romance options aren't there. Yeah. yeah. And basically she was, it's just, they turned it off. Yeah. Like they, they just cut that off, that script off. So it's a, it was such an interesting time in video games. There was a lot of like concern around political controversy that there just isn't now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot more to worry about. Um, <laughs> a lot more to, <laughs> to feign outrage over and whatnot. Um, kind of in a similar vein to this is, back to cyberpunk um there judy alvarez is a lesbian character so and that made a lot of people mad when they're like well i wanted to romance her but i'm a dude and I'm like, that's hey that's well, that's, that's how life works i guess yeah. uh, that's her um but then they found that there were voice lines uh, recorded with the male uh, voice actor um who uh, for the like the romance sequence with her and like what like and then they they were removed from the game once people found them they're like oh yeah no those were just there for you know uh in case we needed them and like that tells me that at some point they were trying maybe to have like uh your voice not dictate your gender maybe in the game because that is like a weird thing they do. Um, like it gender or your voice dictates your pronouns and stuff. But mm-hmm. maybe at some point they weren't going to do that. But it just became like a logistical hurdle that they were like, we, we can't do this and get this game out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen anything like official on that other than, yeah, we took the voice out because it wasn't supposed to be there. It was just left over. Uh, classic stuff. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Still under three hours. We did it. Yeah, we did it. This is a good sign for when we have a, you know, four or five people on more games to talk about more news. I Hitman three for four hours. Think, yeah, I think Hitman three conversation is largely exhausted. So probably it's going to be a lot of backlog talk. Uh, yep, for a uh, bit. Well, <laughs> I mean, frankly, like I was saying earlier, there's really not that much coming out. That's in yeah. The future, I'm like, hopefully, hopefully, there will be indies that will just come out and will be surprised by, and they will kick big ass. But like, in terms of, I don't know about you guys, but in terms of what I'm planning to play it's like there's not that much and i might dive back into the backlog stuff some more like last year with umineko and final fantasy and stuff yeah. so the only stuff coming out is stuff for the most part that i feel like i need to play out of obligation like more and more actually i don't think it's going to come out this year but more and more like god of war ragnarok is a sort of like well i'm going to play it because i don't want to get spoiled on it because maybe i, I care think that's going to come out this year i don't think it is either but 
I wouldn't say I'm <laughs> excited for that game. Um, Ratchet, I'm excited for that. That'll be cool. I think that'll be this sure. year. Um, I don't think Horizon's yeah, going to come out this year. No, if, another if, game I won't be able to play. If Horizon <laughs> comes out, it's going to be like, sorry, Andre, it's going to be like holiday probably. Um, and I'm not that excited for that game, actually, even though I love the first one so much. Um, so I'm I'm still, Deathloop is still my, can't fucking wait yeah. for that. Um, That'll be great. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Deathloop were the only games this year that I was like, I really fucking want these as soon as possible. Well, you'll get. Oh, it's not. That's not even. Wait, what? Why is this? What? what am I is looking the new vampire, at? Is the Vampire of the Masquerade supposed to be out this year? Or two? I think so. I, yeah, I got delayed to this year. I have very tempered expectations for that game. Um, I hope it's good. If it's good, I'm. If it's good, it could be my game of the year. You know, if it's because totally. Bloodlines One is one of my favorite games it's of all amazing. time. I love that game too. Yeah. I think if you, I really think people should play Bloodlines One this year. If you are a person who has yeah. not played Bloodlines, and you listen to this podcast, and you have a PC, even if it's kind of a clunker because Bloodlines is old. Oh, it's old. Play yeah. Bloodlines One. Bloodlines One is so good. It combines. Yeah. Like if you were excited about Cyberpunk and disappointed, fucking play Bloodlines One. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, it's really good. I mean, it's not a Cyberpunk game genre-wise, but it, it's it's an immersive sim. <laughs> in the way that I think a lot of people were hoping cyberpunk would be um, with big open environments and lots of cool quests. And uh, it's a, yeah, it's a killer isn't there, game. Isn't the next East coming out soon? Yeah. East nine. That's part that? of that's what sparked yeah. this. This is that's in February. Yeah. So it's kind of, I'm excited to play that very excited, but I want to play, you know, eight other games before it. <laughs> so well, there's, <laughs> uh, you know, there's not a lot for you to like distract you in the meantime. That's what I mean, yeah. And what's yeah, nice well, about East out in a is week. East is an, a niche enough game that I can play it in May or whenever I get through these games, and there oh, won't sure. be spoilers everywhere. So, um, yeah. you know, it's it's. I played the demo for East Nine, and that's what made me go. I should play these games because it fucking rules. Um, but it's very similar yeah. to Genshin Impact, a little game that hmm. <laughs> some people may or may not have heard of. Modern right. yeast so, games have you like cycle through a party of characters and they all do different stuff. And, and Paimon is there. I wish. I wish Paimon was in everything. I I watched Hereditary and this thing. <laughs> speaking, was, of Genshin Impact. <laughs> speaking of Paimon, actually, uh, is a very different interpretation of Paimon and Hereditary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Paimon's a, a a name for a yes. Shakespearean yes. character. Yeah. I just uh was like, oh well that's a that's quite a different thing than uh yeah. yeah. A friend that's of mine, gonna do this it. Is totally unrelated. A friend of mine's been watching Umbrella Academy and thinks it's terrible. I've never watched it. Have you ever watched it? Uh, yeah, it's I it's it's fine. Like wait wait, which one? Umbrella, Umbrella Academy. Academy. Oh. It's the Gerard Way uh Oh I know. Yeah. I, I have a friend who likes it a lot. I've heard it's very it's very divisive. I think I would probably I've, like I, it if I watched it. I, yeah, I've heard I've heard two friends say they think it's absolutely terrible. So I'm like I've heard both and I'm like I'm kind of interested in seeing, but it's there like it's there are things to like and things to like dislike. I don't, you know, it's yeah. I, I I was a fan, like I liked it enough to watch the two seasons and I will watch the third but this is not meant in any way as a, this is like a, a, an 
honest guess, not like, because you don't like stuff I like, Alex. This is not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> based on what I've read of the graphic novel that Gerard Way wrote that Umbrella Academy is based on, I'm not sure you would like it. But I would be interesting to hear your take on it regardless, because uh, I always am. Oh, I'm going to play 13 Sentinels this year, too. I own that now. Sure. It's, it's a good game. I don't know why people are shitting their pants over it, but it's good. I, I maintain, I think it's just people, it's a lot of people who don't play like stories that do like this, the similar kinds of things, whereas you play a lot of stories that do similar things with like the narrative. And so like you're, when they're being like first exposed to it, it's totally. like, like opening, your, opening their third eye. Maybe. Yeah. Bouncing yeah, on your ball's third report, eye. I'll report back. I want to, I'd like to play that and Stein's Gate this year. That's, those are two. Oh yeah goal games on my list what who who are you and why are you doing this anime <laughs> the, crimes to pat well the thing about steins gate is i watched the first season of the anime and really liked it so i know that i'll enjoy it when i get to it it's not a like i'm taking a big chance on steins gate i i know i'll, I'll like it even yeah, it's, even with it's my that, aversion to original novels but deeper yeah yeah and anime crimes and pat and at a pace that i think i'll like more than trying to follow the anime because sure. the anime was very difficult to follow for me mm-hmm. as much as I liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, anyways, I don't know. Backlog talk. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 156 of the gaming. Fix. Third. Like guilty gear. Yeah. Like <laughs> 50 revel- exerd. 150 exerd revelator. <laughs> Dash. Revelator's a really good <laughs> subtitle for a game. Revengeance. Uh, anyway. Beta oh plus God, Max. Guilty. I love um, Guilty Gear. Now we're talking about DJ Max. Sign. Max Respect. Um, off for January 22nd, 2021. I have been your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your partner's favorite sea shanty. You can find me on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W where I will be demanding Joe Biden give us all 2,000 Bitcoins. You should do that daily. Uh, maybe I will. That should be, be your, my, like, Kate Delaney's be, Today is a Day. <laughs> Donald Trump finally became president. Yes, yes. The, it'll catch you on eventually. Or not Kevin Good. Megan Amran did that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, I was thinking that myself. Um, you can find the podcast on Twitter at, at FixPodcasts. And on the website, fix.space, you can find my review of Yakuza Like a Dragon. You can head over to podchaser.com slash gaming fix to leave us a review, which we would really appreciate, or on your podcast platform of choice if they offer review functionality, like in iTunes. Uh, People still use iTunes, I guess. I don't know. Uh, And Twitch at gaming fix. Is that right? Okay. That's the gaming but, platform. Yes, yes, yes. Well, game, well, the I'm, Twitch, I mean, yes. You know, uh, it's not fixed podcast on Twitch. It's gaming. Yes. Yeah. Um, Pat, where not, can people find you? Uh, now that I have a nice camera, it makes me want think about streaming more, which I think about a lot, but let's say I might do more and then never do. But you can find me at PJC Plays. <laughs> you can also find me on episode one of a comic book fix, which is uh, up with episode two forthcoming, which I am not on. Um, we wow. wrote, we're rotating hosts 
aggressively to keep it down to two hosts so that the episodes stay in the 30 to 40 minute range. <laughs> uh, but I'm still waiting um, on Scooby-Doo. I know. I still want to do it too. It's just, it started to overlap with me also mm-hmm. doing a podcast for work stuff that I'm not going to talk about, but uh, now I'm mm-hmm. like managing multiple podcast schedules. And so Scooby-Doo though is hey, not, you're, uh, you're you're gonna turn this into a real career someday. It's not been binned, just backburnered, and it is yeah. still the plan to do it in 2021. So, okay, yes, well, I'll I'll be there. I'll be ready. And mm-hmm. Alex, where can people find you? Uh, I don't know. There's a new episode of Coding Fix coming out next week. Other than that, what's it about? Keeping it chill. Can you give us It'll a sneak be, peek? It's gonna be about QA. I don't know what brought that okay, up. Okay, okay. Why? But, why could it possibly okay. be? You know. What reason could that be there for that? Who knows? Who knows? Nobody knows but the nose. The nose knows. Nobody knows but the Noid. Nobody knows what the Noid knows. (laughs) The Noid is coming for you. Oh, I don't want that. No. (laughs) Yo, Noid. He's going to get stopped at the border, so you'll probably be fine. (laughs) We have have dominoes here. We have the Noid. Probably. I think I've had, I think like if you get the Noid, you need your place fumigated. (laughs) So the Noid is more of like a noxious concept, not, not like a person. An invasive species. Yeah. Oh, uh, and the Noid might be from Georgia. (laughs) I don't know. We'll come back next week with the answers yeah. to all these burning questions <laughs> yeah, that we it know up, you, the listener, have. Thanks for joining me. Wait, Bye-bye. wait. Oh, wait. Well, yeah, on, on, on Wikipedia, the occupation that the Noid has is, quote, ruining pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I am also looking at the Wikipedia entry for the Noid, and it's very funny. It's so good. They just made the podcast title the Wikipedia link for the Noid. <laughs> oh, now I'm seeing the rest of the Georgia connection, and I apologize for making uh, yeah. that. That, that stuff is, sucks. It's actually very tragic. I didn't know it, about it that. It sucks. So, but ignore oh, ruining that. Pizza, ruining pizza is funny. All right. Well, once again, thanks for joining me. Until next week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.